Covino and Rich. Best of the week. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. All right. Covino and Rich. Best of the week. Oh, butt cheeks. Nice. Covino and Rich. Best of the week. Only on Faction Talk 103. Dead to me. I told people that uh, that's my new show yeah. on Netflix. Is it getting better? I watched five episodes. I did not watch last night, and I'll tell you why. Um, but someone started a thread on one of our Facebook pages saying how, Rich, thanks for suggesting it. I love it. And everyone responded saying they agree. So I, I think it's a, I think it's a solid one. I think you should give it a shot. You realize that you have like verbal diarrhea, right? Because I'm thinking about the show that you promoted on this show yesterday. Get this spot. Guess what he does now? Rich loves to test material out. And that's like sort of his thing, right? Everybody has a thing. I'm not coming at you. All right, here we okay? go. Okay? Because I do these things too, I'm sure. <laughs> okay. Let's hear it. But it's so fucking awkward because he, do- he can't about, shut you know, up. We have no trash cans in here, right? I know. I just throw papers on the floor now, and then at the end I collect them. And people that can't stop talking just eventually say things that are dumb, right? <laughs> and they don't even realize it because they can't stop themselves. It's like that's a numbers rich. game. If you, yeah. The more words you use, the more likely you are yeah, well, to have something on. dumb come out of your mouth. Hey, Spot, but- Learn that as a keep that as a lesson learned as far as our show goes. People will say, "Hey, I think Cavino said this by mistake," or "I think Rich said this by mistake." When you're speaking nonstop for three hours a day That's every true. day, yeah. you're going to say dumb things or things that don't make sense. Like yesterday, I think I said Donald Trump's wife Ivanka instead of Melania. Right, and and people were quick to be like, "Did he just say Ivanka?" Yeah, because I because I've spoke thousands of words today. <laughs> yeah, what's your percentage, doucheface? So, yeah, look, it's a numbers game, Spy. You're absolutely right. But Rich, because he's nonstop all fucking day, he's just throwing thoughts out. Are you guys sick of each other yet? You just no, got back from a I'm vacation. Not. I'm actually not. No. Like a week away from each other, and already you have complaints. No, because I have an off switch. I zone out. I get quiet. Rich, you know, he, he pulls that way. He never stops. He's the Energizer Dickey. So yeah, he's been pulling about two hundred pounds for, for uh, fourteen years. Yesterday, he was going on a rant here on the show about how I'm some sort of sexist, what, self-centered guy who doesn't like women leads in TV shows. Oh, Remember yeah. that? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. I was like, yeah, yep. subconsciously, that's what you do. And I don't know if that's his thought that he came up with. I don't know where it came from. I've been very open about like sometimes women comedians aren't my thing. And I know that's a douchey statement, but I try to reason with it and just explain that a lot of times it just doesn't resonate. It's not that I'm not being open to it, not that I'm not trying. It's not a sexist thing. It's a personal thing. So Rich goes on this rant about how I don't like this show with Christina Applegate, which I didn't even know anything about at all because there's a woman lead. (laughs) And I tried to explain to Rich yesterday, like, I don't think that's necessarily true. There's plenty of things I watch with women leads in them. It's just few and far between. One. And I made that stupid Nurse Jackie reference, right? That's great. How about The Sopranos? I I love The Sopranos, not Nurse Jackie. Fuck that show. And I don't think there's anything wrong with my preference. That's my preference. It's your preference. It's his preference. It's my preference. I agree. In fact, I think your choice of preference is cornier, but you come down on me like I'm some sort of sexist. Right? I think I I like uh, what I like. I'm not trying to like... Corny things. You push aside well-written, great content, whether it be shows or specials or different things, because in your no. mind, unless it's some machismo guy, it doesn't I can't relate. Interest me. 
You also listen to Taylor Swift. I don't. You know why? Uh, no, no. It doesn't interest me. See, that's adorable because like I listen to Taylor you Swift. You do? I listen to that's, Taylor Swift? Yes. Or, or do I, did I work in pop radio for like 20 I years? Was, but that shit I doesn't was, interest me. I listen to Taylor Swift. Okay, but that interests you. I'm not wrong your, for not wanting to hear point. stuff like that. So anyway, we're in the makeup room at ESPN yesterday. Oh, no. I love the and makeup like, room. And look, we know these women and they're super sweet. It's like the best part of the day, like talking to the makeup woman. It's like talking to the bartender. It's like talking to the barbershop guy. You know, the makeup women are there to like lighten up your day. They're the fun room. They, they, they really are. are. Yeah. It's a spot you remember at SNY. Oh, like course. Angela yeah, and you know yeah, you, yeah. you bullshit. It's the sassy makeup women. It's the it's the yeah, it's the bullshit room. You're just bullshitting. But Rich goes in there, I zone out, they put on this fucking cape and they start putting makeup on. Rich tests material. That's they what he wear does. the cape or they put the cape on you? They put the cape on <laughs> me and I got the fat head sticking out and they're putting makeup on my face. And Rich is there. By the way, jokes. the other day Camino goes, Does someone got a blanket? It's cold in here. So the women got him a blanket to are put fucking, over his cape. Are you fucking kidding me? I swear to God. Oh, you fucking yeah. kidding I was like, me? you guys got everything. They had a poncho. You're like, can someone get Kavino a blanket? He's cold. I'm like, ladies, stop. They're like, no, we got one. I was like, bro. you got an electric one of these? I'm freezing. <laughs> electric blanket? Because they're putting the stupid makeup on you. By with the way, cape on. Speaking of capes, I heard a great thing you could do to your wife or girlfriend. Apparently, the next time your wife or girlfriend is mad at you, take a blanket or a towel or something and put it on her shoulders and be like, now you're super mad. Yeah, that doesn't. <laughs> See if she see if see, see if it that? lightens the mood. Okay, I don't think I'll try that today. <laughs> so, Rich, when we get into the makeup room on our TV show, he turns into Jim Carrey in the office meeting. You remember the scene where he takes the guy's toupee off and he sticks it to the wall, and you remember when yeah gets a good laugh. That's Rich Davis in the makeup room. He starts doing stand-up comedy to test out material. A lot of it's stuff we already talked about or said throughout the day. So for me, it's stuff I heard. This is also Rich's chance to take cheap shots on me because I'm not really paying attention and I'm really not involved in the conversation because I kind of want to zone out and just get my makeup done. And he starts talking about this show and everyone, it's a room full of women. Oh my God, that show is so good. You, Rich, you were so right. So now his thoughts are validated about this Christina Applegate Netflix show, which is green light for Rich to now shit on me because I'm not into the show. So he said, do you love me? And she says, no. But that's a real nice scheme, ass. <laughs> oh, Rich, you're so funny. <laughs> Funniest Rich. <laughs> Look at Kavino. He wears a poncho. <laughs> <laughs> and then I lit my fart on fire. Do you remember this part? And this then the makeup th ladies laugh. They think he's the greatest. <laughs> <laughs> Rich, you're so funny. Oh, man. Repeating the same stories you told earlier before. That's what I'm thinking. So, oh, and then I was like, then I was like Jim Carrey in the boardroom in Liar Liar. Good roast! <laughs> Do Simmons! Simmons is old. <laughs> he knows fat. He should have been out of the game years ago, but he can't stay home because he hates his wife. Kavino <laughs> hates women too. <laughs> you met her at the Christmas parties. She's the one that gets plastered and calls him a retard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Richard, the best. Knows I've ever seen. <laughs> you got your head so far up Mr. Allen's ass, I can't tell where you end and he begins. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> so Rich decides now that this is a great opportunity since everyone loves the show he's talking about, this Christina Applegate show on Netflix. All the women in the makeup room agree that Rich is right. Again, a room full of women who agree <laughs> that this show is the best and Rich is right. So this is Rich's opportunity to be like, see the guy over there who's zoning out, not paying attention? Covino. This is Rich's way now to gain more points with the makeup ladies, and I'm the asshole. He doesn't watch shows with a woman lead. Now, I don't know these women that well, okay? <laughs> We've been working there four months. I see them every day. The camaraderie is very yeah, friendly. Yeah, I, I, you, right? know, you know, I, I reiterate this point to you a lot, Rich, and I'll do it again. You got to be careful what you say in front of certain people. Yeah. So, but Rich feels very comfortable because he's in, cheesy. You know, it's a joke. No, and I, I know it comes from a good place. Yes. But in the corporate culture, especially today, you got to be careful. So I'm like, what was that right. voice change? That was my uh, uh, extra warning voice. Can you do it again. So especially today. <laughs> so I now I'm like, oh god, I can't believe he's going there with women we barely know. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't like women. He's a sexist. I'm like, what? Dude? He believes women should be in the kitchen. Yes, baking pies. Dude, he said that. He <laughs> said that. In the kitchen. Women's right to choose. How I'm about like, they choose to bake me something? I'm like, yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm too machismo. I was like, and Rich puts the cheese in machismo. I was like, ladies, don't listen to him, please. That's not even true. Even if it was true. Women's right to choose. How I, about they choose to suck my dick? I don't know these women. That's that all well. they're good for. And now they're thinking I'm like some sort of. Like asshole who refuses women and they have their place in society and it's not to tell jokes or entertain. You know, and it's that's like, what you got out of it. What do you mean? It's exactly what you were saying. What do you mean what I got out of it? It's exactly what you were implying. It's exactly your point. And I'm like, okay, in a joking scenario, I get it. In a makeup room scenario where they don't know me that well. They might take you serious, and even if you're joking, they're like now thinking, oh, he doesn't watch these shows? Why? Is he that type of sexist jerk-off? And in today's world, like Spot said, that's like Emony number one. That would imply I'm the worst guy ever. And that, even if it was true, Rich, how do you share that with people? That I really don't know that well. Especially in today's world. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank you, Spot. Thank you for that. So thank Rich you. really made that point and voice. drove it home yesterday multiple times on this yeah. show and in real life. That's the difference. Real life and on this show. Big difference. <laughs> you have bad breath caused by gingivitis. You couldn't get a porn star off. Your hairpiece looks like something that was killed crossing the highway. I don't know whether to comb it or scrape it off with a shovel and bury it in the line. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Rich. Oh, Rich. You're getting a little personal, bro. Oh, man. Getting a little personal, man. Maybe you should uh, slow down, less caffeine, stop talking so much. All right, well. But uh, that, that happened on the show yesterday. Rich, Rich. And it happened in real life where Rich is calling me a sexist he, who doesn't appreciate women unless they're in the kitchen. He goes out of his way. To tell, like, no, no, no. stories. To, to, to bust tell, your balls no, 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 in front of women that joke with us every day. To bust I don't balls, know them, bro. To not to tell stories. To relate to people. Doesn't so so pick pick a gender pick a race yeah but don't do it anything. at my expense and Rich will go to extra lengths to be in a, something something relatable but dude that's fine I'm there minding my business I'm there just you know thinking about nothing I'm there just getting my makeup done as, and, as and, and asking for a blanket and asking for blankies <laughs> I mean you know you, are, you, you, do, not, you do set yourself up I'm for not mockery sometimes to be mocked I'm not asking to uh, be called out I'm not asking. Uh, you know, to be part of this conversation, to be honest. But anyway, everyone agreed. So let me bring it back to the positive point here. 
everyone agreed that this show, I mean, they raved about it, that this show was really that good. But again, keep in the demographic. Women who really don't know shit and rich. Oh, I'm you just should, Rich, you should tell them that today. Yeah. You know, I'm sure you know what he said today. You said, you, you said, you said you're women that don't even know shit. Women don't know anything. And, and you're, yeah. the, you're the two of those people. I would never think such <laughs> thing. No, I think you know everything. You make me look so good every day. All of a sudden, but Kavino, they did. All of a sudden, Kavino's constantly sudden, complaining about how he looks on TV. I look fabulous. All of a sudden, Kavino's going to start they're gonna start making him look like a clown on TV. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're dead to, uh, dead to me, it's called. Yeah. Dead to me. On Netflix with Christine Applegate. I've been wanting to watch it. it. Here's the positive of what Rich does, though. And it's a great tactic if you want to use this conversation to your advantage. It's what Spot pointed out before. It's finding the commonality. And when it sticks, make sure it sticks really hard. Because Rich will throw that out there. And then you hit their their interest points. You hit their, their what? Their sweet spot. And when they take the bait. Rich fucking reels it in. Such a serial killer. Oh, he is fantastic. He'll throw out, there's a new show. Right? And he's already playing a game with them. He's throwing the bait out there. So the girls start guessing shows. Ooh. On Netflix? Yep. I know. Let me guess. Dead to me. Bingo. <laughs> <laughs> and you know how this rich is. You can you do me, can you do me a favor? How fucking good, ladies, is this show? I almost want to pull you aside and say this to you in private. Start just doing voice memos on your phone. Oh, right just like recording it. Just so I can. Rich's like, fun like, time hour. We're just fun time. I, I have to drag him out of the fucking don't makeup tell him, room. But don't tell him you're doing it. I want to hear this. <laughs> I have to drag him out of the makeup room. So Rich finds the sweet spot. But I think this is a great tactic to relate. I really do. Yeah, but to me, it's not a tactic. It's life. Mm-hmm. It's a tactic because it's so contrived and obvious. It, it, it may be subconscious, but it's a fucking tactic. But tactic, you find like, the sweet tactic spot. Insinuates like I'm. Doing something on purpose. Yeah, I'm just trying to have I'm trying to have fun and have good conversation. Yeah, but you know, I think you know what you're doing. You're finding the commonality, and I think that's a it's a great it's a great thing, no matter how you look at it, because you're good at it. And they take the bait, they jump on the show, and then they have a good like I say half hour of conversation about it, and. It works. I, I say use it to your advantage in business and in life and in small talk. It's good for small talk tactics. I'm not good at that. Well, it's not even that I'm not good at it. I don't like it. I, I don't. I don't uh, like well, it. That, I mean, I did enjoy your story, but so, I was just—I was about to tell you something I watched last night. I just think it's odd that you bring up odd. You bring up odd things. Like I'll, I'll give you another example. Right? Yesterday we had to get the fuck out of here. I had to pick up Melody. We had personal things to do, right? I just got back. We just got back from vacation. Hadn't showered. I had a dirty asshole, right? I want to go home. You had like a uh, Hawaiian ass. Yeah, Hawaiian <laughs> ass. Sand in my ass. Yeah, you're, Hawaiian, you're, so you're, yeah. Your, your ass smelled like a, Samo- uh, like a big fat Samoan guy. Right. Yeah. And spam. Big fat Hawaiian right. guy, spam, and pineapple. And pineapple. So, so here's a typical <gasps> rich move. I don't know why he does this. It's like verbal diarrhea of the, of the thoughts. And so, the thoughts. We're both in studios, and there's glass windows separating us, right? So I'm in Studio A, which is in Studio B. Wait, there's a studio? There's a gla- piece of glass in between those no, studios? No, but there's our, our, our Turbo and Pop 2K studios. But you can see each other? Yeah. 
That's odd. Yeah, no, it is. you didn't it's know like, that? It's like uh, imagine being in two toilet stalls and the glass and the and the stall was clear. <laughs> oh, that's exactly. So what you guys it. have to like watch each yeah. other. That's awkward. That's exactly. That's what not it for is. anyone sharing well, those studios. By the way, they it's should, awkward. They should experiment with bath- bathroom stalls like that. <laughs> uh, clear glass. That's like you could, you'd be uh, shitting naked next to the person. Next or at least to you. frosted glass, so you could see like the silhouette of what they're doing. So Cavino and I. Do they rest on their this, knees? Do they sit up straight? I'd like to know. This is why a filter is needed. There's no filter or an off button with Rich. So. <laughs> One of the coworkers, our former intern, Scotty the Body, the office president, uh-huh. is here, and he opens up the studio uh-huh. to schmooze it up with Rich. Now, we're both in a hurry, and we're both leaving together. So I'm doing my thing, and I can't help but notice that Rich is not doing his, and we're on the clock together. So I'm doing my turbo shit. All right, that's God's Magus Turbo. I look over, and Rich is still spinning his chair, schmoozing. (laughs) 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 Have you watched the latest show on Netflix? (laughs) (laughs) Right? And Scotty the Body's doing his office president thing. Like, yeah, I'm office president. And they're sitting there bullshitting, jerking each other off. Dude, for like 10 minutes, it felt like. part of his uh, presidential duty. And all I'm thinking is, the longer Rich is schmoozing, the longer we're going to- I'm thinking, I have to talk about Miss Jackson by Outcast on Pop2K. Yeah, this yeah. Rich has work to do, and I want him to hurry up so that we could leave. But they're schmoozing. So because I could see Rich and Scotty can't see me, I go like this spot. I look over to Rich because I know Rich has work to Did do. Did you give him the throat slit? He just, I'm like, wrap it up, buddy. I give him the, I give him the wrap it up he signal. He gave him the wrap it up. I give him the fucking the signal to wrap it up. Get to work. Fuck this conversation. <laughs> right? Otherwise, Rich would, he, he, he's such a good-natured guy, he won't end this conversation. Is he, though? I don't know, <laughs> but he won't shut up. What do you mean I'm not a good-natured guy? I don't know. Am I? Yes, I am, Spot. I, I, I went good-natured, people, please, whatever the fuck it is. Right? You, you, you I'm know, giving you a, a Thor face or a Daenerys face when you said Rich is a good guy. Right, right. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. Uh, is he, though? Is he? <laughs> so I'm now like, Rich. Dismiss this conversation. You have work to do. Let's go. You're holding up the clock. So I give him the wrap it up, the, the, the throat slit, essentially. Like, yeah. Shut the door and tell Scotty you got work to do. So instead of Rich just politely saying, hey, Scotty, I got <laughs> oh, no. work to do, man. I see he's like, this is going. I'm sorry, Scotty. Cavino's telling me to wrap this up. <laughs> and he's like, oh, is he? He's like, really? It's like that? Why? He's telling you to wrap it up? And like, you know, now he points me out to be the bad guy here when all he had to do was dismiss the conversation and end it. So, like, he say he does weird things like that to make me look bad sometimes. You're a good out for that conversation. I, I know, but why blame it on me when you could have taken full responsibility to, no, like, that was, wrap it up yourself? I mean, that was just a smart move. I've done that. I've, but I've, I've, throw, I've thrown you guys under the bus for things that to was take, take off the heat. Hey, me and Camino carpool. He's got to get out of here. He's telling me to wrap it up. I'll, I'll catch you later, Scotty. Richard, Camino telling me to wrap it up. Sorry, Scotty. Gotta go. Yeah. So and I look like the jerk off again, but again, that's Rich's uh, no lack of filter. For a guy that puts himself out there as such a jerk off at times, why are you so concerned about like because a scenario like that? You could like some things are said in private and then you repeat them. And it's like why would you do that? Or that in in this case was done in private for you to know, not for him to know. I could have stuck yeah, my head do. out the door and said, "Hey, Scotty, no offense, we got work to do, buddy." I could have done that. Yeah, as we learned yesterday, you do throw people under the bus for the sake of your own uh, entertainment. Right. Like, like, you do instead of just saying, "Hey, Scotty, sorry, we got work to do." 
You like, had to make me look like the jerk. Like the off. end of yesterday's show when you were making the example how about how people hide things from their wives or significant others. Yeah. You threw every one of your friends under the bus. You didn't listen to the show. <laughs> did you, you notice think, that? You think my high school, you think my, uh, totally yeah, my one friend, my one uh, friend Christina, she was smoking weed. Uh, my other one was smoking a cigarette. This one spent too much. Yeah. This one. All right, but like, look. You threw every, by name. No, no one, no by one, name. None of my high school friends listen to our show. You never know which what, is what funny, gets right? back to. Yeah, you do know now. There's moles out there. But anyway, in, in the moles, in the uh, moly, moly, mole, in the in the mix of this conversation, I don't want it to be lost that Rich, when it comes to the schmooze, hmm. there is no, there's no one better, better schmoozer. And then, and then you gotta keep this perspective, right? And in comparisons, I'm a pretty good-natured guy around the office when you compare me to other people, most people. But when you compare me to Rich, I am the grumpiest guy going. You know, and who am I always with? Rich. So, you know, perspective. You could see perspective in pictures. You could see perspective in real life. That's why you don't hang out with ripped guys or tall guys, right? That's why I don't do it. Perspective. That's <laughs> perspective. Why. Yeah, perspective. I'm in pretty decent shape. Yeah. I'm not hanging out with some guy that's yeah. got a six-pack compared yeah, to, true. you know, yeah. the fat boys. Hey, I'm six, I'm like six foot. Spot and I are on the same height, like six foot, six yeah. one. I don't hang out with a bunch of – that's why when I'm, in, when I'm in Texas, all of Sarah's friends' husbands are like six two, six yeah. three, six four because they're all big Texas guys. Uh, amongst them – You're their little, little buddy. I'm the, I'm the little so, guy. You're the, imagine, Cav- you're the Cavino of Texas. Imagine every conversation when Cavino and Rich leave the room. Oh, that Rich man, he really he's he's one swell fella. <laughs> Cavino's a little uh, he's a little, a little uh, it's kind, of a, it's kind of a dick. kind of a quiet guy. I don't, I don't know. know. But Rich, that Rich is he, I wow. I he's a barrel of laughs. Yeah, compared to Rich, but really I'm just being normal. I'm being normal, but compared to you, yeah. I know what you mean. When I hang out with Ryan Hollins, I feel like Dinklage. Exact perspective. You know what I mean? He's seven foot tall. I know. Are you that short? Not at all. And you but have compared a midget to him, it, <laughs> you're very Dinklage. Yes, you're very, you have very, very Dinklage. Head. You're like full grown Dinklage. Yeah, you're like full grown Dinklage. You're like Dinklage's head on a real. Am body. I really that much of a dick? Am I really that grumpy? Am I really like quiet? No. But compared to Rich, everyone <laughs> under the moon would be because of who he is and and what he is. He's the best at. That's why he's rich. I promise you. I would put my money that Rich could out schmooze anyone listening and all of your schmoozy friends. He is the best. Number one. Number, Number one. one. I do not contest that at all. I don't. I mean, everyone got their schmoozy friend. Guess what? My schmoozy friend is way schmoozier than yours. Your, yours too? Oh. Mine's yeah. the same way. You know where the schmoozy came from, right? The schmoozenberg. <laughs> the schmoozenberg. <laughs> yeah. He was the he he was the king. Now it's Rich Davis. Oh yeah. Yep. Now it's rich. Now it's rich. He's the <sighs> fucking best. So, Rich, if, if, through all that, just know that there's a feeling you give me I of apo- not being I, enough. I, I apologize right? that but I- But it's uh... because of your greatness, <laughs> oh, okay. you know, and what you're so good at. And I'll tell you, sometimes, like, because I'm quiet by nature, which was my hip-hop group in the 90s, right? Yeah, your, cover, your cover band, right? Yeah. yeah. I was like, hip-hop, hooray. Oh, oh. Hey, I'm quiet hey, by nature. Oh. Rich will then even use my jokes in my presence and get good laughs. Oh, I. And oh. I'm like, you know what <laughs> I mean? Signature move. But he, in his mind, he's like, well, Signature I'm not. Signature move. He's like, well, Cavino's quiet by name. He's not telling him. I'll tell him. And I'm there, and I'm like, I can't but, believe he just told my joke man, and got laughs. Wait, what do I hear faintly in the background? Yeah. Rich is like, yeah, I'm investing in fidelity. Not not infidelity. Yeah. Infidelity. Oh, 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 oh
Yo, bro, do you hear that? Yeah. Quiet by nature. Oh, yeah. So Rich takes advantage <laughs> of it. Um, but yeah, there's a, there's a lot of great qualities. You know in what? That, that. That's but why they I, make you feel. They ma- they make you notice your shortcomings at times. But well, they're not really shortcomings. In they're just shortcomings in perspective. Like if you're six two, that's not a shortcoming. But it is what? if you're hanging out with a seven foot tall oh, guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No. It's, yeah. I mean, it's not a shortcoming. I saw, no, I saw a great picture, and it was about perspective. I think it was like, oh, Shaquille O'Neal. And, no, but it was all these like huge people. It was and like Yao uh, Ming. And, yeah, it was like Yao Ming next to Shaq. Next and then to it was Kevin a, Hart. Then it was a picture of Shaq with The Rock. Then it was a picture of like- No, Shaq and Dwight Howard, I believe. It's right, yeah, it was- Whatever. It was just a- it was like five photos where one person looks monstrous, and then by the last photo, it's like Shaq with Yao Ming, and you're like, yo, Shaq isn't always the biggest guy. I think it starts with Triple H, to be honest. Yeah, can t- find oh, that? yeah, yeah, yeah. Find yeah it, I it, think I've held it, yeah. Put it on our Instagram story, at Cavino and Rich, and, and it really is perspective. Because I think it starts with Triple H and some guy, and you're like, wow, look how fucking big Triple H is. But then it's Triple H and some NBA dude. You're like, ah, eh, Triple H isn't that big. And then it's that guy with... Yeah, <laughs> it's perspective. I think Shaq and Yao Ming are the top of this chain. Yeah, and then Yao Ming is the biggest motherfucker going. Um, all right, so that's it. I hope you had a great Tuesday night. That was our Tuesday wrap-up, my Tuesday obvious observations which of is, life. Uh, which is why I wonder, not that I ever had any interest in, in doing it for real, but are you I was, be a politician. I always wondered how I would do in two arenas based on you. your oh, telling you, me. You'd be great in a circus? And 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 politics. I always thought politics and reality shows where there's like alliances or something like The Bachelor at where it's like you're oh, building competing alliances. against other people for someone's attention or this. Mm-hmm. Oh, I always yeah. wonder how I would fare in like The Bachelorette or better than anyone or like Survivor that I've or ever dealt with. I, I think um, this is if you had a superpower. Or if, if someone were to ask me, what's Rich's greatest skill? And I, I would say, not bullshitting, because bullshitting would mean that you're coming from a salesman tactic. Man staring. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, you're not you're not pulling the wool over anyone's eyes. Meat gazing. I would say schmoozing. Like, oh. your schmoozing abilities are fucking top notch. Trimming his ass hairs. Trust me. My I mean, he has uh, lots listen, of great abilities. My small talk sometimes spot doesn't it's, always, it's professional do, doesn't always, doesn't always hit home, though. P- other people's personal flaws. Yeah, that. But, but that stuff happens <laughs> in the lulls when he, he's like oh. thinking of more things to schmooze about. No, but based on this all full circle, back to what Spot said. <laughs> I speak so much that I'm bound to say dumb things. Exactly. So, which is why I'm also the league exactly. leader. Yep. In dumb things said. Right. Rich has but, the most home runs, but the most strikeouts, too. <laughs> no, that's the truth. Usually spot he's the He's always mo- swinging for defense. Guys yeah. guys that usually lead the league in home runs also lead the league in strikeouts. And that's, that was my point guess about who the verbal misses, diarrhea. Guess who misses the most three-point shots? Probably Steph Curry. Yes. Probably. Actually, I feel like I just heard that stat. Do you find silence uncomfortable? Very much yes. so. Yes. So please know, that's really the whole, Rich- Sometimes, Again, sometimes the greatest thoughts come. No, in I, no, no, no. The, I, great, I at, the greatest thoughts come when we when we discuss them and we figure them out. And because Rich talks so much, yes, he's great at it and schmoozing. Then you never but, have a break to to like process. But, but I, for I, every great 
I'd say for every five great points he makes and five great jokes he has or five great stories he tells, there's three. There's fucking one or two things oh. that slip no, through I the cracks. I'd say it's, it's like, like five to three. Why did he? Why did he even say that? <laughs> give, give me too much credit. I'll, can I tell you something I said? A that was inappropriate. Can I tell you something I said? B it wasn't funny. Can C I, was off color. No, I'm going to tell you something I said that was inappropriate. That I'm like, why did I say that? Oh, oh, let's I got, I got I roll it out. Oh, I know what I oh. say. As soon as I come out of my mouth, I'm like, what are they? Oh, that's so great. Because I, I know I say them. I thought you were unaware. Self-aware of all my stupidity. Oh, okay, well, that's I, good to know. I know, I know. Eh, a lot of it, Spot. Uh, not all of it. Uh, Please, yo, no one's a, no one's self-aware of everything they do, including yourself. Uh, not all. No, 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 no. You're right. And no one. You think you're completely self-aware? Sometimes. <laughs> Not compl- no one's completely. No, exactly. But I know when I say dumb things. Actually, oh, oh, let me write it down so I don't forget. Tell me, it's a really good one too. But but again, it it comes with, it's like a double edged sword almost. No, no, it's not. It's like a, how do I describe it? It's just it comes with the territory of talking a lot. Oh, you're but, gonna oh, make but, a but, lot of great points and make a lot of people happy and get a lot of smiles and laughs, but you know. You're also exposing yourself, leaving yourself vulnerable to saying things that shouldn't have been said. And that happens from time to time. I was and and the, it's I was, a small sacrifice to pay. I was at the barbershop. Yeah. Oh, no. No, no, this is not where I said the oh, dumb okay. thing. I was at the barbershop getting, uh, get like a trim up, get like, you know, I, I get like the, uh, I, go, I still get my haircut from Deborah, who's amazing. But I get my beard trim up, and the barber dye also does like my sideburns and, you know, trims the neck up a little, the neckline, just to, you know, give a little trim, a little shape up. For the beard and shit like that. And I happened to be there and no one was talking. And I felt the urge to be like, all right, I better start some barbershop talk here. And I didn't. And I sat there for like 15 minutes in silence. I'm like, how are all these people doing this? I could, like, my internal <laughs> You're probably the guy that's instincts. talking the entire time at the dentist. To himself. <laughs> but he's throwing bait out there. <laughs> he's throwing bait. Fluoride. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've read about oh, fluoride. Advancements in fluoride treatment. Oh, anyone? No. Any bubble gum? Shaking a crown. Why they call crown? All right. Seen, seen any good X-rays lately? <laughs> my uh, my other dentist didn't give me a goodie bag. <laughs> oh, this is crazy. This is a sweet chair. Do you guys have a treasure chest in here? Any good prizes? I'm gonna tell you the thing I said. I'm 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 convinced that. I know that I say a lot. Tell more. you what I like about Invisalign. <laughs> I do. Practice ins- any new techniques? Lately? I do and say uh. so many dumb things. I know I say the most dumb things, but like I said, much like a uh, Mike, much like a Bryce Harper, you might hit a ton of home runs, but he strikes out. I strike out a lot. We're on the sailboat. In, the uh, but, 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 in, <laughs> in your defense, Rich, your home runs are more memorable. You know what I mean? It's just I feel like a lot of times I'm because I'm with you so often. I'm victim of the strikeouts, and I'm like, ugh. I, why did I have to be part of that? So I'm on a sailboat in the Bahamas. Picture the scene. The cap, the captain, I guess you'd call him the guy. You know, the guy and his like bozo friend that were running this expedition. Looked like a grown up hippie guy. He was probably, probably like 60, but he was probably a hippie back in the day. Mm-hmm. And he goes, "All right, we're gonna go out to the reef. We'll be there in about 20 minutes." And uh, You'll have some great fish to see. We'll uh, we'll get you snorkeling by the reef, and uh, until then, uh, won't be bumpy at all. Smooth sailing. In fact, uh, move your head. Everyone, just duck over here. Don't go over here because I'm about to unfurl the sail. (laughs) I had two thoughts in that whole conversation. I'm like, oh, smooth sailing, but really smooth sailing. He really meant it. Yeah. Pun intended. (laughs) 
and then unfurl. Unfurl. And then I hear the word unfurl. And then I said, "That's Cavino. Cavino's trained you with the word unfurl." And then I said, "It's funny." It usually involves a rug or a penis. Then I said, "It's funny because the only time I hear the word unfurl was when it went to the huge penis." Oh no! When schmoozing goes wrong <laughs> with rich dicks. Even, even my friends were like, what? I'm like, oh. I, was like, I was like, yeah, when do you hear the word unfurl? I don't really hear the word. I was like, Kavita, Kavita, Kavita. Then he blames me. See what I mean? I become victim of a strikeout. He'll take, he'll take your jokes, it, yeah. and if they hit, Oh, he yeah. takes full ownership. Yeah, if, they if they don't, it's all you. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a Cavino says. <laughs> that's typical. Oh, I hate you. <laughs> so funny. Uh, let's, but, uh, but, again, a good example of don't you wish you had an off button right there? Uh, you know, sometimes I, I have those inner debates, and you should. Everyone should have. Nah, I'm going to let that. There's more power, Rich, sometimes in knowing when to edit yourself. I mean, I say things here on this radio show, too, I wish I never said, because we talk a lot here on this show. But in real life, I'm like, eh, you know what? Might be inappropriate. Cavino and Rich, best of the week. Only on Faction Talk 103. Hey, here he What's is. What's up, man? Sit down. What's up, he brother? snuck right into the studio. I Let's did. welcome Chris Jericho. What's yeah. up, brother? There he is. Chris, that motherfucker Jericho. I just snuck in the studio like a ninja. What you don't know is I was actually hanging up in the roof right there for the first 20 minutes <laughs> yes. of the show, like Mission Impossible. Suspended in right before like, our very eyes. Like Emilio <laughs> Estevez in the first Mission Impossible. Let's just kick it off strong, guys. Come on. Emilio Estevez, what the fuck happened to him? Because he was, him and Charlie Sheen were probably neck and neck for a minute, right? And you're thinking Emilio Estevez. Emilio was the guy. Amelia yeah. was the guy before Charlie Sheen well, was the guy. Well, here's the thing, and it's one of those things where I Google these guys. Another one I was thinking about the other day is Rick Moranis. Yeah. Remember well, how he, many he movies? Dipped off we, uh, I, he retired yeah. because of just didn't want to be in the business. Right. And Emilio Estevez kind of the same thing. Oh, really? Bridget Fonda as well. Like these people, you're like, I love these yeah, guys. What happened? But, but Emilio Estevez always holds a huge place in my heart because he's my all-time favorite outsider when he played Two Bit. Two Bit, yeah. love Two Bit. Well, you know who looks and, the and best. You, you never Rob appreciate Lowe. you never appreciated him in Mighty Ducks. No, nice. I was, I was Gordon, more of an outsider. Gordon guy. Bombay. Gordon Bombay. <laughs> I, I would, I've never saw, I've never seen it, but I love the Outsiders. You know, uh, great movie. Yes, absolutely. Chris Jericho was here. We appreciate it. We were just playing some Fozzie. Uh, I don't know if you heard that when you walked in. I but didn't, but I, oh, I could feel it in my in my veins. You I feel knew it? it. I had my premonitions like they're playing Fozzie. Twenty five million <laughs> streams or something like that. It's up to thirty now for Is Judas. It? Yeah, we played the hell out of it on Octane when I was on Octane. Oh, now that's now I'm on something called Turbo. Right on. Uh, yep. We played the Hard Rock of the '90s and 2000s. So before we talk about the the AEW and the wrestling and all the cool stuff you got going on, I have something I want to talk about because yeah. you said uh, hanging from the ceiling before. Mm. We were we thought we were stuck in the elevator the other day, <laughs> oh, and it was like it was only for like a split. It was only minute. like. Realistically, thirty seconds. But that right. thirty seconds, you start thinking like, "What the fuck am I gonna do?" You start thinking like, "What happens if I don't get out?" No, Cavino saw me tap on the ceiling panel. He's like, "Who the fuck? You th- what do you think you were, fucking Bruce Willis?" <laughs> like, get on I, top of the I was, elevator. I was sort of like, I was scoping out the situation. I'm like, is this panel open? As if right. I was gonna climb. But everybody always <laughs> thinks that. But then you realize like, how are you supposed to pull yourself up? It's just high enough that you can't reach yeah. it. And even if you could, it's just like poster board. You know what I mean? It's I could see you being down. that kind of guy, though. I would be the one guy you ever see in the movies where they go, give me a boost, and you put your hands together like <laughs> yeah, this, and yeah. then you give a boost, and it always works, except for when you really try it, it never works. Yes. I feel like if, I would always turn to a guy who looks like you to help me out in a 
scenario like that. And I'd be like, dude, we're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, because you got the whole look. Like, you know, dude, help me, Chris. <laughs> Chris Jericho, elevator escaper extraordinaire. It's my new thing. Right. All right, so I, I was talking some music. I, I, you recently signed with Sony, right? We did, yeah. So, uh, congrats on that. Thank you very much. That's yeah. awesome. So, uh, you know, you're not, you're not much older than us. What, what were the bands that you were into growing up that influenced the Fozzy and all the cool stuff that you Well, did. I mean, I think for me, I was a huge Beatles fan. Okay. Um, before it was kind of cool to be a Beatles fan. Uh, I was born in, in 1970, so when I got into the Beatles in about 79 or 80, as weird as it sounds, the Beatles weren't cool. Right. It was all about the Little River Band and Journey and, and, and you know, the kind of the AOR rock. So I really got into the Beatles, which led to... Family uh, influence or... My, my dad was yeah. into music, you know, but I just really got... And I'm not... I didn't just get... I was reading books and learning about Magic Alex and the Blue Meanies and Ginchy and all this sort of stuff. Uh, and I learned uh, so much about it, but it was kind of you're the nerdy guy. So when I went to junior high school, the first day I noticed that all the ch hot chicks were wearing Judas Priest shirts and Ozzy shirts and Iron Maiden shirts. So I said, well, if I'm ever going to ever talk to them, yeah. I yeah. should maybe put my Beatles shirt to the side and check out some of this heavier stuff. So then it moved to uh, Metallica, Maiden, those type of bands. I love ACDC, the greatest rock and roll band of all time, uh, the Stones, the Police, uh, those kind of kind of my jam. Did you Kiss. ever go down that grunge era? Were you into the nineties? I didn't because I was such a huge eighties metal guy. And when I say eighties metal, I'm not talking about Poison and Warrant and that sort of thing. I'm talking about that's when Iron Maiden was at their right. peak and Metallica and and Judas Priest and the Scorpions. When they all moved into the nineties, grunge came and killed them all. It's true. So yeah. I hated grunge because of it. <laughs> yeah. You know, Kavino, you're a guy that thinks everyone. Love that era, but we forget the guys slightly older than hated us. It, right. Their music hated sort of it. died sort of, when that was born. It sort of so ended with Guns N' Roses, would you say? It sure, because yeah. when, when Guns N' Roses went down, and then Iron Maiden lost their singer, and then Scorpions got bad, and then Metallica cut their hair and went weird. It was a really strange time for that sort of heavy rock. Now, 10 years afterwards, up to right now, I mean, yes, Nirvana Nirvana should have been perfect for me because when they came out, I was 21. I was the same. I was the yeah. age group. I was yeah. angry and yeah. mad. But what I was angry and mad at was at Cobain and Nirvana for killing Iron Maiden. Right. That's what yeah. I was mad at. You were a, ste a step behind for some reason. I was. Did you have older influence, like Cousin or something, who was like, dude, Maiden? No, I just, just was my thing. I was really? like super, like, I'm the type of guy that when I find a band that I like, it's for life. That's right? it. There was one band that I found uh, in the early 90s called Mother Love Bone yeah. with with Andrew Wood. Yep. He, was the, he passed away, but they became Pearl Jam. But that Mother Love Bone was kind of the one band because I could be still keep my street cred by going, well, yeah, I don't like Nirvana or Soundgarden, <laughs> but this obscure Mother Love Bone, <laughs> I like that's, them. that's my grunge. Right. Did you, you know? uh, did you see the dirt on Netflix about Motley Crue? I did, of course. Well, what do you think of that? Because I mean, these are, I mean, Motley Crue, you didn't hey. name them, but were they in that mix of, of the band you're the, thinking or were they a little- The first two Motley Crue records for sure. I remember when I first saw Shout of the Devil, I remember exactly when it was. It was probably '83, and I was at my friend Stacy Daynard's house, and Stacy was a guy. Stacy, and he's oh. like, he's like, you gotta, you gotta listen to this. And Sounds I remember, hot. I remember, yeah, no, he, he wasn't. <laughs> I remember Daynard sounds like a, a metal band. Well, yeah, Daynard, Daynard, Black Daynard. <laughs> but it was. Uh, I looked at the Shadow of the Devil cover, and I remember thinking like two things. One, that blonde chick is super flat chested. How can she be wearing no shirt on the cover of the record? <laughs> right. And two, that one is one of the uh, Mick Mars. I didn't know that is one of the ugliest looking girls I've ever seen in my life. I right. thought there were four chicks. Right. And yeah. I couldn't figure out how could she have no. She's flat chested. Well, do you remember with no the, shirt on. the cover of the first Poison album too? It, I they, thought. 
I thought, they look like women. I thought Ricky Rocket was the hottest chick <laughs> I've ever seen. Yeah, I'm not ashamed to admit it. You had a sweatpant bone. You're like, well, oh, but, my God. But at that point in time, we knew there were guys, but I still thought he was hot. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I love the dirt. I thought it was cool. I mean, bands like that, once again, you talk about Guns N' Roses and, and you know, even the, 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 the Stones and bands that have been that, through that much debauchery and came out the other side. Yeah. And the fact that all the guys in Motley Crue lived – uh, it's 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 yeah, a, that's incredible. It, it is incredible. So I thought they did a good job. I think my only problem with it was I wish it was like another hour yeah. longer because I felt they had to kind of rush some of it and stuff. But in it was the cool. you Kavino was home. Uh, what during that was it? We went home. Of, when when did your mom happen to walk in the oh, room when uh, your brother was watching Cinco de Mayo weekend? Cinco de Mayo weekend. You know the opening scene. The one girl's getting that. banged in the bathroom. The one girl's <laughs> squirting. The one, and and yeah. that's when his mother, who's like. Yeah. Doesn't want to see anything. I, what are you watching? I grew up, I moved from Winnipeg to Calgary to train for wrestling when I was 19. Mm-hmm. And I found this great family that took me in as like kind of a foster child, but I became part of the family. And the lady, she just passed away this year. Her name was Bev. Uh, she she was the sweetest lady, super cool. And we were watching Pulp Fiction, me and her son. And she came in right at the part where it's like, you can stick your tongue in the holies to holies. I love eating pussy. I love it. And she's like, what are you watching? I'm like, I'm, I don't know. I'm sorry. The rest of the movie. I mean, not, I mean, obviously, right. but yeah. like, you had to walk in right when the chick is squirting always. the geyser across the room at always the beginning that of the that timing. Movie. That's really always. it. Parents yeah. always had a way of yeah, walking no at way. the wrong fucking time. I almost think they were waiting at the door going, I've seen this. I've seen this movie. Wait till they see the scene. I'm going to really embarrass them. And they were never there when you were doing the great shit. We always say, we call the lick my theory. If you were hitting three-point shots. Yeah. You know, no one was there to see. Right, right. Your mom comes. You're bricking every one. Yep. Right. Or, or, you know, she when only comes when you when you're uh, when you're watching dirty shit on TV. Yeah. When you're watching the Christian station and <laughs> praising Jesus, she's never around. She doesn't see that shit. Yeah. Now, during this time, we're talking all, all music. At this time, while you're talking about music, while I did love music, I was way into wrestling. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah. What's funny is that I I was way into wrestling, and then I discovered women, and then I dipped away from wrestling, and now. Here and there, I get I get my eye back and now, on and now wrestling. Now you discovered women's wrestling. Now right. I discovered women's wrestling. <laughs> yeah. No, but, but I, the, I remember back then all the gimmicks of wrestling when wrestling really blew up in the eighties. Was that sort of the pull for you as well, or because you were training no. before then? No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not that old. No, you're not that. Yeah, yeah I was gonna say. I, uh, I started watching wrestling with my grandmother like in the late seventies. But I always was really uh, I love the rock and roll element of it. Like my mm-hmm. dad, played like the honky tonk man. Like the rockers? That's, that's rockabilly, baby. <laughs> like talking, Marty Jannetty and Shawn Michaels? Yeah, I did love those guys. Yeah, they, they were great. great. But what what I liked most about wrestling, my dad played pro hockey for 10 years. He played for the Rangers and the Blues and that's the Kings. Awesome. He was in the very first LA Kings lineup in 67. But I liked hockey, but they were just a team. A team is like a bunch of nameless, faceless guys for the most part with the same uniform. I love rock and roll and I love wrestling because there's characters in there. Right. You see David Lee Roth or Paul Stanley or Hulk Hogan or Macho Man Savage. Like I wanted to do that. So I was always uh, 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 attracted to both music and wrestling which is why You're I'm, a showman. So, a, so, a, so essentially the show business element of it. Exactly. On stage or in the ring. You yeah. want to be there. Larger than life you think characters. About it, the the Ultimate Warriors uh, or Randy Savage sort of dressed like David Lee Roth. He <laughs> did. And so did the right. Rockers and everyone yeah. loved the Ultimate Warriors because he had heavy metal hair. Yeah. But there was a real connection, like metal guys. a real connection between music and wrestling back yeah. then, and there still is because they're both uh, high, uh, intense forms of entertainment that mm-hmm. are very much contingent on what kind of energy the crowd gives you. Uh, like I said, you have to be larger than life. You have to control the audience. If you can control and connect with the audience, no matter what it is—music, wrestling, stand-up comedy, radio—you'll uh, always have people that want to follow you. What's fascinating is you have done two things that not many people could say they've done. Both. You've been on stage. Playing in front of a huge crowd. Right. 
legitimately. He, and that, as, that's the difference. And I think. as uh, the Fink used to say, you've also come down the aisle like you. That that the, the that, first call I ever got from WWE is. Hello, Chris. This is Howard Finkel. Just calling to ask you about what kind of travel you would like to come to Sunday Night Heat and Monday Night Raw. I remember getting that on my what what you from the Fink. Howard Finkel's calling. That me. was like his side gig, or that was part of his job. Yeah, he was part of the job. He would do like kind of talent relation stuff, no arrange shit. travel. Uh, maybe not a travel agent per se, but hand travel requests. Right, that to was people. part of yeah. the gig. Yeah, wow, exactly. wow. didn't wow. know that. So yeah. a call from the Fink. So you. Is the energy awesome. of Sorry. actually entering the ring when they announce your name, your theme music comes on, and is that is I mean that's got to be a feeling that no one can ever really understand. Well, once again, it's a live element. You know, when you have a great crowd, I mean, and that's the same when you hit the stage with with we hit the stage with Fozzie, or I come to the ring for wrestling, whether it was WWE or now AEW. Um, there's a feeling because you know the show was about to begin, and I always think of the great entrances. To me, it always goes back to rock and roll for whatever reason. I always relate anything in wrestling to rock and roll. I mean, I just saw Kiss a month ago, and when that Detroit Rock City kicks in and there's explosions and they're coming down from the rafters. The theatrics. The theatrics and the energy that you get. Yeah. It gives you chills. You know, and as a, as a fan, I get them still. As a performer, as a professional, I get them as well. And you can tell when people are excited. There's nothing better than those first minute or two minutes of a rock show or of a wrestling match when you get that entrance and people are like, oh, here we go. Yeah. I don't I know. You know baby. I, may be, I may be alone on this, but what I've always loved about wrestling was the actual... The the entrances, the speeches, the trash talking, all the drama, sure. more so than the actual match. Like I'm one of the people Me that too. if I would de- if I would DVR wrestling once in a while, I would f- sometimes I'd find myself fast forwarding through the matches, and I'd actually all I'd want to see is like the, the trash talk, yeah. the drama, the storylines, well, well, all that. I I think the dramatics of wrestling is what makes the characters. Well, well once again, that's what connects you with the audience, right? And that's what I'm saying. When uh, I agree, to me, I've always said this: the most important thing about wrestling is your character, is the charisma, is the connection. Do people want to see you perform? Do they want to see you get beat? Do they want to see you win? Uh, if you don't have that, you could be the best five star wrestler in the world. No one's going to give a shit. It's the same as rock and roll we mentioned motley Crue. i mean there's bands that could play motley Crue under the table doesn't matter if you can play guitar better right you got to connect with that vibe and that gimmick and that chemistry so that's what show business really is can you rank them then i don't want to jump all over the place but you're a guy with a lot of passions right all right rank them you know wrestling rock and roll acting you've been in movies like what gives you the biggest thrill I think once again i love doing movies i just did the new jay and silent bob movie yeah comes out in a few months that's great, but the thing, the difference is that you get take one, take two, take three, take four. You get it right, you make it happen. In wrestling and in music, it's one take. There's no second chance. Yeah. If something screws up, you know, once we once the train leaves the station, you got to get to your destination. The spontaneity so, involved. Yeah, yeah. So I, I enjoy the craft of acting. Uh, I think there's nothing that beats the electricity of being in front of a live audience. And whether, once, like I said, whether it's wrestling or music, it, there's just something that when you connect with that crowd and people really get into what you're doing, there's nothing better in the world. Without a doubt. I mean, think about the guy that one of the guys that helped start it all, Hulk Hogan, was not a great wrestler. Yeah, I mean, I he, mean, he, he was. I mean, he was pretty limited to be honest, compared to some of the other guys. But he knew his audience. He yeah, knew, he knew, and that's the same. When you know what you do best, you stick with it and don't try and do. You know, Hulk Hogan's not going to the top rope and doing. 
you know, axe handles and drop kicks from the top, nor should he be. He was more about the character and the charisma. And when I worked with him about 15 years ago, when he kind of had a little bit of a resurgence in the WWE, one of the best guys that ever worked. So easy because he's so over, we call it. He's so yeah. popular. He's uh, it's so exciting when he's out there. You don't have to do anything. And that's what, that's what true uh, entertainment and show business really is. And in the wrestling world, this thing that you're part of, this is huge. Yeah, all this elite is, wrestling. Yo, AEW. Yeah. One of our good friends, Jen. She's she's involved in this also. And I just hear well, Jen, Jen, Jen Sturger. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Of course. She. I mean, the way she talks about it, the excitement level, and then she was like, "Yeah, it's it sold out in four minutes." It sold. We sold twelve thousand tickets in four minutes um, for the first show at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas. It's happening this weekend. Which is this Saturday. Uh, there's such a buzz for this, and the reason for that is it's something. That's never happened before and will probably never happen again. And what I mean by that is we're seeing the start of a, of a new company, a new organization. Mm -hmm. WWE has been going for 60 years. WCW, NWA had been going for 60 years. Maybe somebody saw the beginning of it, but if they did, they're you know 80 years old right. now. Yeah. For us right now, we have this perfect storm of A, uh, this great group of talent uh, that people... Hardcore fans know, but me, people on on the on the surface don't, and they've been doing it for 10, 15 years in Japan, around the world. Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, uh, Adam Page, Cody Rhodes, who was in the WWE for a while, but then went and reinvented himself. Then you got Jericho, who came in kind of hotter than ever because what I did in Japan last year, where mm -hmm. I created this whole new character. Combine that with uh, a legitimate financial backer in the Khan family, who owned the Jacksonville Jaguars, who owned Fulham Football Club in the, in London, uh, and they love wrestling and understand what the business is combine that with a with a huge tv contract with tnt network we've never seen anything like this you got no. major tv major money and major talent that's all you need to start a company and you also have a whole uh a group of fans uh, uh, you know millions of fans who haven't watched wrestling for a while and you know what people that you know what it is you take the temperature of the public and you say right. what do they want what are they needing and every indication shows that this is huge like yeah. everything you guys do is sold out. The pre-shows, the actual events, every people. There's the an buzz. interest level. There's an interest level whether or not the, uh, you know, WWE is uh, dropping the ball or people just have a thirst for something new and different. And it seems like that's it. I think it's always good to have a choice. And I think yeah. the fact that WWE has been the monopoly for the last 20 years uh, kind of hurt the business to an extent. And it definitely hurt the guys. I mean, when I left and went to AEW, the first thing the WWE did was sign everybody to bigger contracts in the WWE. It's, it's like when Bobby Hall left the NHL and started with the WHA in the early 70s, everybody in the NHL got a raise to not leave. And that's what happened in the WWE. So right off the bat, the wrestlers are experiencing uh, a, a little bit of a, of a benefit from that. Yeah, they, it's good they, for them. They all owe me a, a vote of thank you. But <laughs> on top of that, we're giving people an alternative to see something that's not the same old, same old with a group of guys who know what we're doing. And I think it's going to be exciting for, for people to go, Holy shit, who the hell's Kenny Omega? I've never seen this guy before. Well, for 15 years, he's been on top of the top, headlined the Tokyo Dome multiple times. Now let's unleash him in his own country, Canada and America, and see what he can really right. do. I think a lot of people are going to come back to wrestling that have left because like, yeah, we watched that WWE for a while. We, wanted, we don't really are into it as much. And this will give them something new. Kind of that's like the that's the misconception too. People are going to think these are overnight guys. 
but they've been doing it for a yeah. long time. And, and right. it's also not like if you saw WCW in the 90s or, or TNA where anybody that comes from WWE, we take them right away. We're not doing that. We don't want WWE guys. You stay in the WWE, enjoy it. We're looking for, for guys that have potential that no one's really heard of but have been working for a long time, and there's a lot of guys out there like that, and girls too. Remember you, you talked about the Fink and his involvement before yeah. and doing other things. Uh, are you? Do you have more involvement than just wrestling? Yeah, you're, you're, yeah. Yeah, you're, because uh, you're, like, you're a veteran at this. I, I you, am, you probably I, provide... A ton of insight. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where um, the guys, some of the guys are kind of the vice presidents and kind of the cognoscenti that are directing things. I worry about my own stuff. I worry about my own angles and thoughts. And that's where um, if they ask for advice, which they have, I'll give it to them. But more importantly, I can kind of control what I'm doing, which kind of helps them because we can. I can give them some experience that they don't have because you can't teach experience and here i am almost at 29 years next year will be my 30th year there's not a lot of people in the business left if anybody that's been doing this as long as i have that still can perform at the level that i do uh with the name value that i have i, I was going to give you prompts for that aren't you stoked that you're able to maintain and still be in great shape so that you're ready for this sort of opportunity when it came yeah and the reason a lot for of that, people don't well and you're and the reason for that is what we were talking about earlier i've been very uh smart slash fortunate to leave wrestling and come back right. when the time is right but with Fozzie and with Talk is Jericho my podcast and with the acting that I've done all these other things I can leave for big periods of time which A is great for your mental state B is great for your physical state more importantly it's great for uh, when people miss you make, right. absence makes the heart grow yeah, fonder right. right so last year when we were on the Judas tour we did like 160 shows in 22 countries. I only wrestled five times, but only in Japan. So even Jericho to come back to the States is like, we haven't seen this guy for three years. Where you been, man? Well, we've been doing all this other work to bring it all home right now. So I think I am probably the face of the company right now because I'm the bridge that brings people from WWE to AEW. Once you see an AEW show because you've, you've followed me, you're going to be blown away by it. A dozen other guys. We're, we're running out of time, Jericho. Because no! Jericho's here. I, mean, I know. Talk to this guy like I that. know, but I'm wondering <laughs> when, when you see when your focus shifts, though. Do other things lack? Now that you're you're focused on AEW, does the podcast now suffer? Like, how do you balance that? Yeah, sort it's of it's interesting because a lot of times, like when you are doing a show, I mean, you sit around for six hours and do the show, you know, at night. Yeah. That's when you can do podcasts. That's when you can get that done. I have a lot of them in the can. I've got a great network of people that I'll talk to when something comes up to put something out tomorrow, or I can go back and record something. Uh, and use it six months later. Um, I'm very good at not juggling because I, 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 I always feel like the pie plate guy in the Ed Sullivan show. <laughs> yeah, right. It's not about that. It's about making a chain of events where one chain leads to another, right? And this is why AEW is perfect for me because while we're writing the new Fozzie record, we can start AEW. But once the record comes out and we start to tour, my schedule with AEW is an important one, but it's still not a full-time schedule. It's picking your spots and being in the right place at the right time to help build the company. Awesome. So it's perfect. And that one, the first stop, spot that you're picking this weekend AEW Double or Nothing May 25th Vegas this thing sold out in four minutes yes and uh, dude we're pumped here we gotta yeah. go we're, we're, we're out of time you Hit can watch it on pay-per-view the Bleacher Report streaming service via uh, TNT and TBS Twitter I am Jericho Instagram Chris Jericho Fozzie hit him up guys and uh, you're welcome anytime I love it Cavino and Rich best of the week only on Faction Talk 103 <laughs> I'm sorry, expert of all fucking things. Oh, jeez, already, guys? Wow. Four minutes in? Slow the wow. fuck down! Expert of all things. See, it happened right there. I know, it did. You know why? Spot's an expert on all things.
You hear when that microphone makes that weird sound? We're gonna fight about it later. Yeah. Later? I don't even know where to start. There's so many you. avenues you could. You could so many turns you could take. Oh, so many because I, want, because I want to punch you in the face for five different reasons. <laughs> oh. and I'm trying to decide which one to start with. Oh, let's go. Come on, let's go. Let's go. All right. Oh, want me to set it up? I'll I'll start it. <laughs> oh, you know where you where you want to go? Yeah, because I'm sure this will lead into more fights. So the main <laughs> fight that we need to the main get event. out of the way. Is something that Coming was brought to our attention by our listeners yesterday, but no. believe you me, we were already aware of it. I'm, I'm aware of it. I, I have it right here on our Covino and Rich Facebook page. You can hit us up, most importantly, on Instagram, at Covino and Rich. Tamara hit us up, and she said, hey, boys. Uh, Tamara hit us up and said, hey, I have to ask. Hi. Has anyone else noticed that since the boys moved to their new luxury studio, there is always distortion when they get loud, laugh, or excited. I'm always behind the listening on demand, so maybe it's just me. And I'm going to tell you right now, Tamara, it's not just you. Maybe it's Tamara. Tamara. I don't know. Tamara. She said it's driving her nuts. And... <laughs> Spot writes, oh, this is where Spot's a f- I have such a good retort. Like the steering wheel in a pirate's pants, it drives me nuts. I love that joke. We love that joke. That's a, that's a joke it, we love on the show. That is a good one, actually. It comes Thank down. You, Jake. No, listen to this. It comes down. It's driving to, me nuts. To poor Arr. mic technique. But there's something about these mics that really enhances said, it. I'll yeah. kick it up the ladder to see if they could address it. It comes down to poor Mic technique. Well, hold on. Let, let me defend Spot for I, a second. I mean, what else could it be? These aren't what they call directional microphones. Directional microphones are microphones you speak into. directly into. Into, into. Yeah. And the engineers did explain that to us. You're supposed to sort of talk over these microphones. They're, they're what's no, it's what's known as cardioid, which is uh, you know, right. Shinfo. So, but uh, think, think of mic- like the shape of a heart. Yeah. That's what they call it, cardioid. That's the the pickup. Of the microphone. Yeah, ima- imagine a microphone sitting like under your bottom lip, like right around your chin level, and you're speaking above it. Yeah. You're not spo- supposed to speak at it. You're supposed to speak above it. So that's the mic technique that Spot like, speaks like, of. But by instinct- Like an ice cream cone, your head is the ice cream. The mic is the cone, essentially. Kind of. Because you're ice speaking cream over you it. Is that what you want to go with? You got a double okay. scoop there. Yeah, I got a fucking Mondo cone. <laughs> Yeah. I, no, I got a triple scoop. It's a great visual, Rich. This We're talking Cold to a Stone. three-year-old. <laughs> I, think, I think everyone Stone picked up. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It. Spots was way better. What is it called? It's a mono. What did you say? A cardioid. I said it's, it's, cardioid. Shaped, like a, it's shaped like a heart. Yeah. So Cardioid. In Spots' defense, like I, like I said, just for the sake of argument so people could follow, I will admit, me, probably more than Rich, practices bad technique, but by instinct, because I'm so used to talking into the mic... For years, I've talked into the mic, right? But now I have to talk over the mic. And and another thing too, our our this is once again people don't care, but our old microphones. Oh, because there are hundreds of comments within an hour of this being posted. Our which old means microphones had windscreens on them, and what they are is they're like little things that prevent, like pop. Oh, for, when, for when Jake opens the window. When Jake opens the window, gets a, no, they 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 sit like maybe like a, an inch above the microphone. It's also a buffer, so that it's you're a buffer, not so, close to so the you're not close. Which we had at our previous studios and it also is supposed to prevent like popping it's supposed to prevent spitting into the microphone right. it's supposed to prevent all that shit so these mics with the new studio does not have those i use it to rest my chin because my head is the ice cream 
And it's at the bottom of the cone. <laughs> and it's like, you know, it's that, like a little chin pillow. It's like Dairy Queen. You know, it's like one level, two level, three <laughs> levels. There's me. If you but, could picture it, the puffy part, the little afro foam, yeah. is like a little chin rester. So it's like a puffy ice cream cone. Right. And then that little like swirl on top, that's my hair. So anyway, when I <laughs> speak loud into the microphone, which I'm not supposed to do, right. you hear a distortion. So Spot is kind of right that sometimes the distortion is a result of improper he's, technique. He's kind of right. Kind of right. I'm 100% no, no. right. He's kind of right in that like here. the technique is what I'm doing right now, speaking over the microphone. And However, you sound yeah, fine. No, but However, in Rich's defense, these microphones are way too sensitive. They're a little bit more spot, sensitive spot. than our, la- our no. previous. But you know what? This is a it brand takes new- you. Oh. Hold on. It takes you- Maybe a day or two to adjust if no. you're such a professional that you claim to be. It takes you a day or two to adjust. Just like no. another thing that always dri- drives me insane that you do not pay attention to. And I'm going to post a photo of an example. These boards are digital and completely different than the boards that we've dealt with in the past. And you're like, but I used to do it this way. Well, you know what? You have to adjust sometimes. Yeah, These boards require it. you to push the levels up a little bit higher and actually pay attention Rich. to the levels on the board. Tell them we're a very animated show, so we're not going to sit here monotone and talk like the nerds on Alt Nation. No, no, no. You know, I'm we just get, saying you we have get, to pay more attention. No, we get hey, fired up. Welcome no, back. because if See? I... Yeah. Hey, so I'm like, dude. So look, and it clips. Right, so wait. So let's play. Uh, I'm gonna give you dude. an example. Dude, you see the difference? That's where my head is. That's called mic technique. No, you're absolutely wrong. Boom. So, yeah, so hold on. That, I, just because not everyone's, you know, privy to mic technique. Stop it. It doesn't matter. People Spot, understand. You said my ice cream cone analogy was for retards. Well, I want people to understand the argument. Can you Spot play, is can saying you use that word? we're failing in mic technique. Rich is saying that these microphones need adjusting. Of course I, they I do. It's a, brand it's, new, it's a brand new studio built. And fight! It's a brand new studio <laughs> built. Hit the bell. Hit the bell. Hit the bell. <laughs> it's a brand new studio built generically. Radio professionals. The likes of Kid Kelly, Cousin Brucie, people that have been in the industry for years are best known for what? Making engineers head spin because they're so annoyingly precise about Hold on. how I they want. I my glasses today. Is that Cousin Brucie over there? Oh. oh, you just popped. Oh, hey, no. hey, go. is that him? See? Hey. But do you get what I'm saying? I don't know what that means. Is that Cousin Brucey over there? My glass, my sunglasses? You're putting yourself in the same league as Cousin Brucey? Oh, shit. He fucking downplayed wow. your radio professionalism. Damn. Oh, I see what he was trying to do there. When I'm you, sorry. When you interview the Beatles, give me a call. <laughs> oh, man. This guy's dead. People that are radio pros. Rich interviewed the shitty Beatles. <laughs> How were they? Shitty. <laughs> the dung Beatles. I know that the radio pros out there, the Howards, the Kid Kellys, the Cousin Bruce's, people that have been in this industry for a long time that know old school radio and new school radio are very particular. In fact, the engineers roll their eyes about how Kid Kelly wants a particular setting for Hits 1. When Howard built his new studios, he had the engineers in there tweaking every little compression and every little highs and lows of the microphone. You want it to sound right. You want it to sound particularly perfect for your yeah. sounds. We go into the studio, which is no different than that studio, that studio, that studio. That It's a generic across the board new mic. It's just a new microphone. There's been no settings assigned. Numa Numa Nike. So, I will say, there's other shows too. A lot of the other hosts that I set up, they have the exact same issue. They talk. They're they're used to the old studios where you talked directly into the mic. But this is not a, an operator error. This is 
something behind the scenes that needs to be adjusted. I'm talking above the mic the way the engineer is everyone properly talks. Now, if I get really excited, I'm like, Kavino! And if I scream loud enough, didn't, see? Didn't happen. Didn't you know happen. why? Because you're far away from the mic. It didn't you're, happen. No, it's you're, not. You're, I feel like it's. I feel like the microphones are a little sensitive. They are. Yeah. I, I completely agree. I'm right. not, I. I gave, that's why I said it was a combination between port mic technique and the new mics. But hold on, let me explain what happened next. But you have so, to, like I said, you have to adapt and adjust. Bro, so instead of instead of uh, come on, what's, spot what's, just e what's easier? It? What's easier? Relying on. I'll be honest, the grumpy engineer, to go around and fix every microphone in this place because there's a lot I, I, of them I, I now. think in a billion-dollar cash flow company, yes, that's the answer. No, but I'm saying. Where audio is the what's priority. Gonna get, I think, what's going to get, get done faster? I think. Wait, hold on. What's going to get it, done faster? Hold on, I think the mic's it, getting fixed oh, or you making an adjustment? Sirius XM Pandora, you mean the billion-dollar uh, biggest entertainment audio company in the world? I think the engineer fixing the mics. Yeah, that's the answer. <laughs> Series six and Pandora, B so, biggest subscription. You know what I say to I'm that? With I'm with you, Rich. I, I mean, I'm poor people. You know what happened though? <laughs> but you know what happened, which is really funny. Please, Spot publicly says, "Well, if we weren't such bozos and we practiced better mic technique, the microphones wouldn't be an issue, right?" But then Rich is so angry at this. Instead of Spot just handling this scenario. You know, Rich is so angry at Spot <laughs> that he makes a Photoshop of Spot. Yeah, he loves. By the way, this is his standard go-to <laughs> meme Photoshop. Yeah. Like, do you have a temp one template that he's, you're allowed to use? He's so passive. Like, did you buy? Did you buy an app that only has one template on it? Because it's always that like it's <laughs> that, did I, it's it's so that news. It's that like news <laughs> screenshot. You love that. You've so, done that for your friends. So, you did that for me. Listen, Rich makes a, like a, a news bulletin like what, what Photoshop. Does what does it say? Hold on. And it's like an old picture, like an old chubby. <laughs> picture of spot from 1990 something to really this, insult this them. is like one of our first photos together yeah. it's like from 2000 it's from the year 2000 spot has no beard says, and he's making like an angry face breaking news know-it-all mike expert identified <laughs> radio producer uh, christian torch kin of beefsteak charlie and he's not charlie wrong i know i said that to him but Rich was like, fuck him. And that was his way. <laughs> that was Rich's way of getting back at you, Spot, by creating this Photoshop news break of Spot the microphone expert. And, uh, you know, it's been back and forth ever that since. That was his retort to my line. You know what else is shitty mic technique? A mic drop. Boom. <sighs> well, I'll tell you what. Uh, I, I also bring this up, or we also bring this up to address the fact that we we know there's a slight issue with the sound yeah i mean it'll be we, adjusted these yeah. are our state of the art studios and i know there's engineers working every day on different things here in fact when we came into the studio today there were people underneath the console adjusting all wires and putting new equipment in and they're still there oh hi <laughs> um oh what's up hank <laughs> hey and I just, I was just aggravated. I was just aggravated because instead of saying, yeah, the engineers need to adjust it, Spot's so quick to be like, oh, it's, it's Kavino and Rich's bad mic technique. I didn't say it was just yours. I said, I didn't point why fingers. Why don't you go blame uh, Jason Ellis, Rude Jude, uh, Jeff Lewis, the EW people, everyone that is also saying that the mics pop. I think Jason Ellis has good mic technique. He doesn't even wear headphones. He doesn't even wear headphones. <laughs> I don't need headphones, mate! <laughs> he speaks into a little plastic megaphone half the time. <laughs> Where is it? Get it. All right. Um, Get it. It's right there. <laughs> oh, here it is. <laughs> Oi! Manas! Manas! Hey! Manas! Who's sniffing Manas? So anyway. And scene. <laughs> thank you, guys. I think what drives Rich the craziest 
<laughs> is how Spot is such a know-it-all, you know, it's, it's, and it's, it's very a, condescending well, sometimes. Yeah, but he was condescending. Wait, hold on. Yeah, but you come from a technical read, standpoint. He? Like it's like talking to the IT guy at the office where they get real eye rolly and speak was, above you when you just want the problem fixed. That's how Spot addresses these. I scenarios. was being, I was being genuine. I was saying it's a combination of poor mic technique and something with the mics. And then Rich comes back no. with his. No, no, no. This is what Rich says. Poor mic technique. Is this guy kidding? It happened on every mic and host. I've been a radio host for 20 years. I know how mics work, bro. 20 years, mate. I make more money than you. Rise up lights. Rise up lights. Rise up lights. Rise up lights. Manass, manass, manass. Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> I'm just aggravated in that. That's the best. He does have the IT guy know-it-all attitude. That's and what I'm, and drives I'm you crazy. Telling you that while mic technique is a part of operating new equipment, and I'm always willing to learn new equipment. We have a whole new system in here. I'm willing to learn new equipment. But for Spot to think that this mic are you because you get grumpy every time you have to pull up a to, clip. To think that Spot. Yeah, we haven't played says who in a month because <laughs> Rich <laughs> refuses to unpack it. We have. I realize that. We haven't played Says, says who? who. Oh, there it is. <laughs> there it is. First time in the new says studio. Who. First time played in the new studio in a month. And it's like, look at how quick I just pulled it up. So easy. Oh, you're playing That's it? I played it. Rich is still looking Rich for it. Rich is still looking for it over there. <laughs> yeah, he's so willing Round to learn. Round two. So willing to learn the new system. Round two. Spot just fucking big time to oh, you again. God. I can't find it. Fuck this place. Spot pulled it up in two seconds. You know what? They need to find like a better search of this. I adapted. You didn't. Adapted. Do you hear this guy? The mic expert. All right. Mic so expert. Anyway, there you go. That's it. Just know that the know-it-all shithead in your office, we got one too. His name is Spock. Cavino and Rich, best of the week. Only on Faction Talk 103. Let's welcome for the first time, Chelsea Handler, everybody. Yeah. Fantastic. That welcome. Was, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Good standing ovation. Thank you, guys. How are you? Thank you for standing up. We're, big, we're big fans of what you do. You're I fantastic. That. Well, I feel like it's been like forever. I know you've been at SiriusXM many times. I don't know why we've never had you on the show before. Well, I've, I've never like been, big-time this. I've never been to this building, this L.A. building. Well, this is, is this, how, how brand new is this? Like well, this month. is pretty brand new. Yeah, you can uh, tell because the boss was walking around today. Oh, yeah. Everyone's Scott, butthole. Scott, Every, Scott was here. Scott can suck my ass. Can I tell you? Yeah, and please put that on. How does he get this privilege? Because, <laughs> no, actually, I wouldn't even let him do that. Every time I see, I mean, talk about full of shit. Really? <laughs> yeah, totally. I don't even know where to take this conversation. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I Probably, love my You know job what? Here. Keep yourself out of my drama. It would be my yes. advice to you because right. I'll say something about him that would be funny, and if you get in on the conversation, it won't be as funny. Yeah. So, so, yeah. so let's just switch gears. Agreed, hundred <laughs> uh, no, percent. Every he, uh, uh, our boss came out here for the first time to to check out the studios in action, and it is so funny to see every employee here with their butthole so tight walking around like people with no people with no real responsibility are walking around trying to. Look yes. like they're doing something. Yeah, that's you, really annoying, embarrassing behavior. I would say. I there are people here. We I mean, don't, I don't kiss ass. First of all, <sighs> everybody needs to stop kissing ass. So much ass kissing. Because it's so gross <sighs> and it's so fake. And the person who's getting their ass kissed is also grossed out. Yeah. So let's all stop. <laughs> well, well, listen. You, you've been uh, you've been the person that's probably had your ass kissed a lot. You yes, know, you're I doing, have. I doing have. Doing big time TV shows. Everyone knows you. Can you? Does that gross you out when someone new is in the mix? I'm like, oh my god, Chelsea. Yeah. Oh my god. Like, yeah, yeah. No, no. Zero tolerance for that because it's just fake behavior. Yeah. It's not real. 
So that's just like getting goo goo gaga over something. You know what I mean? It's much more dignified when people can just, I could be a huge fan of yours or you could be a huge fan of mine. And just to actually have a real conversation where you're both paying attention <laughs> would, yeah. be, would just be fine. Yeah, I'm just wondering how you survive in today's world with that attitude. I try. You know, because we're all East Coast people, right? You're from Livingston, New Jersey. Yeah. Uh, we would have went to high school together. I'm from Union, New Jersey. Oh, right. Right, on. right. Yeah, I grew up, uh, I grew up, everyone I, from New Jersey gets out of New Jersey. Right. I, I grew up uh, on Long Island, lived in Hoboken for a long time. Okay. Our producer spots from Scotch Plains. So we're all East Coast people. But and I, I feel just, like, uh, I don't know if it's generational, regional, maybe a little of everything. Aren't you surrounded by a lot of yes people who kiss your ass constantly? And how do you navigate through those waters in today's world? Uh, yeah, that can become your life if you allow it to be, for sure. I mean, you just, you, I think at a certain age and after a certain while, you have a wake up call right. <laughs> and you're like, this is a little bit ridiculous. And I have a little bit too much freedom to do whatever the hell I want, whenever I want. And it starts to become, I think you have to recognize in yourself, oh, I, I'm, I don't love the way I'm behaving. Now, I saw that you wrote something. I, I heard you quoted saying this and it was in your book that you feel like you've been getting away with murder in some way. With your career, what do you mean by that? You just feel like just in the, you're, you're just, just you're talented. People like you, so you just do what you want. You're like, wow, I'm I'm just no one seems to care. I could just do what I want. Yeah, just in the sense that I could like you know I wrote a book about one night stands and got rewarded with another book deal that I talked about drinking and sleeping around. Like I don't regret it. I'm just saying that kind of behavior in America isn't necessarily rewarded to a girl. It certainly wouldn't have been rewarded to a girl of color doing it mm -hmm. when I was doing it and like the career I've had I've gotten away with I have gotten away with murder I've made so many racial slurs or comments during stand up you know all in the name of comedy that yeah like you know at a certain point you have to wake up and take a look at your do your own you know inventory mm -hmm. and figure out what kind of work you're interested in doing and contributing and like are you always just cashing a check for yourself or are you actually thinking about other people so <laughs> do you do you regret that or do you own it and no, say maybe own you own it and it was maybe a different time though maybe you're a little too hard on yourself no, no i think it's good to be well i need i no, think it's because, good for me to be hard on myself but you I can attribute things to like hey fuck it i was 20 something or i was younger or you know that's how it was then like can't yeah, you the just cultural climate was different right and, yeah or were you just next level <laughs> No, no. I mean, of course you can write off anything in yeah. any capacity. I think it's good to take some personal accountability and maybe be a little harder. I can take it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I can take me being hard on myself. It's good for me. Uh, it makes me stand up a little bit straighter. Now, I, I think that you get to a certain level of success, and, you, and you've been super successful. Do you ever think like— Yeah, by the way, you've done a lot. Speaking of books, this is your sixth book? Thank, yes. What the Thank fuck? You. You're busy. Yeah, I know. It's a lot of writing. I loved writing this book. I mean, I didn't. It was painful in many ways, but it was fun to do. It was fun to take such a painful. Like I talk about death a lot. My brother died when I was a little girl, and my mom died, and then my dad died while I was writing the book. But it was it was so great to be able to write about all of that and then make it funny and talk about and remember all the funny moments that went along with all that kind of heavy shit because. Yeah. To me, that's really what life is about, is being able to laugh when it is dark. I'm so yeah. glad you said that because I get blamed all the time for trying to make light in those type of situations. And people say, like, God, that's because I don't, I don't know myself and I need to learn how to take things serious and I need to see a therapist, which I'm sure I need to do. Yeah. But do you feel I can like already tell that you need to see a therapist oh, and I, I just met you. I'm a disaster. I'm a disaster. I'm a disaster. I'm a disaster. You're, fine. You're fine. You don't have to go to therapy. Well, just yeah. you. Because well, I've gone. That's why. <laughs> Yeah, okay, he's well, perfect. He's fresh. See, he, he's I'm, like an, I'm like an into it. Please, I have like ESPN. Yes. He is fresh off of a, a shitty divorce, and he's gone through that ringer. So 
I, maybe you do come out better after therapy. It definitely doesn't. No, not many people go to therapy and be like, "That was wor- I'm worse," you know? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like it's an improvement. And the yeah. book was probably therapeutic. Just writing all this stuff and figuring it out and and putting your thoughts together. How did you get through all that stuff? That's a lot of stuff to you deal with. You just keep moving, keep working, keep partying, keep doing whatever. Like, just keep a fast-paced life, and then you never have to sit down and deal with anything. Yeah. You know, if you have plans all the time, but then, then it doesn't it seep out or leak out when you least expect it? Like, yeah. you're watching a commercial, and then you start crying. You're like, fuck, it's not the commercial. Yeah, exactly. You get, shit. you get angry at, like, you know, I for me, it was the election. That happened, and I finally... Oh, yeah, you had, had epiphany, something right? to be angry about. Like, I was like, oh, Donald Trump, he's a fucking asshole. I'll focus all of my anger. You can suck my ass. On, <laughs> yeah, it's Scott Greenstein and, and, and whatever. And him, the two of them. Um, Take turns. <laughs> Scott's going to love this when I Each see next. Yeah. I'm going to walk out of here and he's going to be out there. Uh, and then things are really going to go <laughs> yeah. down. Uh, well, if I we find, get fired, we'll blame it on you. That's I, all. You're not going to get gonna fired. You're going to have to hire us. You're not going to get fired. Uh he, you know, I finally had something to be angry about, which was Donald Trump. But that was not the root of my anger. The root of my anger was the fact that my brother died when I was nine years old. And he, like, you know, in my mind, abandoned me. Right. So so it's it was important work to do, first of all, because I learned a lot about how to be a better person and how to be patient. And also about how to take things more seriously. Like, for me, I, I, I was, like, too jokey about everything. Everything was too... Nothing was important. Or until what... Like, it was just kind of... There was no balance. Just deflecting a little bit. Yeah, just moving around All fast. Right. I'm, I'm, make, I'm making notes here, because you and I are more alike than you think, and we just met. Because the things you're saying that you were doing are things that I'm accused of by women I've dated, my wife, Because well, you're not addressing things, I, right? I, That's what it comes to. I keep busy all the time. I tuck away things and I keep moving forward. And my thing is, I'm like, we do a radio show in the morning. We do some TV stuff at night. I'm like, I got no time in my mind to deal with like real shit. What, right, but that's exactly wrong. I, 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 I hear is. this. And she's <laughs> telling you. She had an epiphany. She had a breakthrough. It's like Dr. Phil. Right. All well, over again. You like Dr. Phil or can he no, suck your ass too? No, you don't like him? He can also suck my ass, but he in was a totally so nice different to way. Us. I don't care about that. You fuck him, huh? No, I don't know. I don't want to say anything too mean about him because I honestly don't know him. He just seems like a giant <laughs> asshole. <laughs> no, but Dr. Phil, everything Dr. Phil. Uh, I, I, I don't appreciate that, Jason. No, but Dr. Dr. Phil, every episode you watch, he was so nice on our show, yeah. but every episode you watch, he just says patterns over and over. He's like, patterns. so your mom was a teen pregnancy. Yeah, you yeah, were a teen right, pregnancy. Right. Patterns, patterns, patterns. Same, same thing. It's hard to take someone seriously. With a mustache? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Primarily the mustache yeah. is what I have issue with. I'm, I'm thinking so many things about you. I don't know. I Look, there's nothing that you haven't said, right? Nothing that you haven't written about. But, you know, I, can I get real with you for a minute? Yeah. You just said you lost a parent, too. Yeah. These are things, you know, we're all around the same age here. These are things that, that you know, keep me up at night sometimes. Like, oh, yeah, these are, I guess, even though things suck sometimes, they're probably the good old days because everyone's still alive and healthy. How did yeah. things sort of change at that point? How do you get through that? I think you have to understand that death is just like a shifting of, you know, like it depends what you believe in. I don't believe in God. I don't believe any of that. But I do believe in energy and I believe everything. We're just in this body. I don't believe this is the spirit of everything. Like I think if you look at God as something like, oh, human kindness or goodness or any of that, then then that's fine. Let's all believe that because that just it's mm-hmm. it's just more positive to have good vibrations. It affects everything around you. It affects the people around you. Yeah. So when someone's dying, I you know, like I have an uncle who's really sick and, and is, is dying right now and in the valley who I'm probably going to go see today. Uh, 
and it's just to stop resisting the inevitable. You know, the thing that we do in this country is keep people alive, you know, way longer than they need to be and way longer than they want to be. Nobody wants to be remembered living in a nursing home where they haven't remembered you for 15 years. There should be a more humane people to help, humane way to help people pass away. And, you know, and for my uncle, it's just when you resist it, it creates more suffering. It just, everything you resist is, oh, it's just like acceptance. Accept that someone's going to pass away. It's what happens in life. It's not the end of the world and you will survive. I'm going to name a few people that might not have anything in common or not, but I- This I, feels like it's gotten religious. No, I, I was just, you know, interested in what you had to say about it. Well, there is Joel Osteen Radio on Sirius oh, XM. Shit. I got to go over there next. Bring Scott, that guy in here. Scott, uh, I need to go to Joel Osteen. But, but I'm thinking, uh, you know, you hear- you talking uh, you hear if you listen to Howard you hear him talking a lot and uh, Jim Carrey a lot of people as that are rich and famous and as they get older and you're by far the youngest of the people I'm well, talking about they've seen the top of the it's mountain. almost like when you see the top of the mountain and success and money and all that it's almost like a weird sense of what does it all mean uh, is that yeah. is, is there a sense of that where you're like listen yeah. I have money I have success I'm a, a it's just also like get out of your it's like oh wait Am I here for, uh, like, am I just here feeding myself? Like, I'm just getting food for myself over and over and my family, maybe, you know, and mm -hmm. my friends and, like, this group of people? And Or am I thinking about the entire world? Like, I would rather be thinking about the entire world. So and that's really sweet, and that's really, I, I feel like a great way to think, because I, I think of some people that just make a ton of money, and they're successful and famous and everything. Like, what can they possibly, and they're signing more and more big deals and big deals and big deals, and I'm like, even if How they wanted to. Do you need, yeah, even right? if they wanted to. How can they spend all that money? I think about that all the time. Athletes, when they're like, oh, this guy signed a $300 million contract for a couple seasons of playing sports. I'm like, there's no way on earth he could spend that money if he wanted to. Right. Well, who knows about that? Yeah. People are very, very avaricious. You know, mm -hmm. they like money. People like money. I mean, you mm -hmm. can do a lot of good with money, too. Yeah. So, you know, it's not all bad. It's true. You, you grew up in Livingston. That's uh -huh. a pretty prominent town. Yeah, it was, except we were not the prominent family. Oh, Our you house weren't. was like Sanford and Son. No I mean, way. My Wait. dad was a used car dealer. I and know. Like, I knew that, but I was thinking, so well, he must have been one hell of a used he, car salesman. He must have been the really of uh, something really. shifty happened. Like I think my dad had more money before I was born, so then he got situated in Livingston, oh. and then we just lived in this house that was basically falling apart for twenty years. And you know, so, so you grew up with all the all the rich yeah, kids. Yeah, so they had brand new Mercedes and Jaguars, and right. uh, we were driving around in like Toyota Pintos. Oh and shit! It was humiliating. And then you sort of lived the, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air life because you moved from Jersey to Bel Air to Bel Air <laughs> with, with, your, with your auntie in Bel Air, right? With your I aunt. moved in with my aunt uncle again. Another Sanford and Son situation, <laughs> not what it sounds like. Like they lived in these two like ramshackle homes together on Beverly Glen Boulevard. If you drive by it right now, it's a dirt lot, 1418 North Beverly Glen. And they had this gross- Sanford and Son. It was literally <laughs> like that, they had nine children living in a two-bedroom house. Oh, no shit. And I was their guest. I, I, so I had the total no, wrong impression of your upbringing. Visuals are off. And right. No, so also, to be more even confusing, to be even more confusing, we have a summer house, had a summer house in Martha's Vineyard. Well, which, you know what it says in your bio that you used to summer. So I'm like, yeah, oh, who was a verb. verb. Yeah. yeah. A verb. I was like, oh, she used to summer? Sure. She just grew up a rich girl. What's she so complaining about? You know, you you it wasn't that way as it seems no it wasn't i mean listen we didn't go hungry or right. anything like mm -hmm. that right. but we were not wealthy no one had a, there was no money in the bank account or a trust fund or but there were clothing where well, there was clothing and there was a lot of love so there's nothing to complain about i'm just saying it, it, the uh, optics of it sound a lot so let me guess the martha's vineyard stuff sanford and son <laughs> yep <laughs>
Yep, <laughs> Everywhere we went, we took Sanford and Son with us. But hold on. So then you fast forward. You've had this amazing career that you worked really hard for, right? And you helped launch a lot of other careers, which is awesome. Well, that's nice. Right. I mean, what a great... I didn't intend to do that. So the, that, that, if, you know, that piece of information is so nice. I don't know. That's how I view it. I don't know if it's true, but like when we have amazing, talented comedians like Joe Coy come on our show and you see his career and a lot of people that great. I knew from you... I don't know if you take that credit, you accept it or what, but I, that's why I was exposed to a lot of these Great, people. Great, that's wonderful. So you fast forward, you know, all the hard work you did, the six books and all that, but now you live in Bel Air, right? But yeah. it's not Sanford and Son style. No. So are you proud of yourself at least? Well, you know, because I feel like there's a lot of like, hey, I probably shouldn't have done that, I probably shouldn't have done this, but it all sort of worked out for you. Uh, I'm proud of myself for where I am right now. So... I'm n- I'm proud now. You're proud now. I'm not. So, I'm not. I'm not embarrassed about myself. I find some of the things I did to be very embarrassing for me. Like I don't appreciate that I behaved in a certain ways, but I'm not. Oh God, I got to go fix that. No, no, I get it. This is part of life. Like that's we it. screw up, we fuck up, people make mistakes. But you also did it on a bigger stage and, than but, most. But you know what? You you own things. Any people that own things, they they do. I think no one really comes down on them in a way because you owned it. Like when when like in the comedy world, I feel like if people own the fact that like you know i i crossed the line people uh, will sort of let them be yeah well you should apologize and you should acknowledge i mean the only way to have like i'm into awkward conversations mm-hmm. i like disagreeing with somebody or having my opinion changed i'm interested mm-hmm. in that i'm not interested in just having one viewpoint and having it be so intransigent that it never changes like that's not evolving that's not fun to be the same person i was 10 mm-hmm. years ago then i'm like should be dead how do you feel about arguing with people that you feel for like Donald have, Trump. <laughs> the, no, I'm, I was I was going to say people that you feel have an unintelligent opinion because everyone has an opinion. People love to say no one ha- no one could have a wrong opinion, and Cavino loves to point out uh, no opinions could be wrong. I always <laughs> say, well, if you come from zero perspective, how does your opinion matter? You know, if I've yeah. been somewhere and I have a, a perspective of that, yeah. and you've never been there, yeah, like if you how were, is my opinion not more valuable if than theirs? If you're like, uh, you're Maui is a beautiful place in Hawaii, and someone's like, Maui fucking sucks, and, and they've never been to Maui. Yeah, I have yeah. a friend like that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Then, then I think opinions are better, <laughs> as, you know, sometimes, because perspectives are different. Well, yeah, first of all, that's not an opinion, to vow, like, to yell out, I Maui sucks <laughs> when you've never been there. That's just an idiot. So, yeah, yeah I still find people to be very stupid. If, if that but, but you entertain bad. these arguments, like, even if it's on social media or in person, do you argue with with no fools. no i don't even argue with people who are making good points sometimes i'm like that's actually a good point and i'm like Ugh, i don't have the energy but uh no i don't argue with fools i what's the point of that you know it doesn't matter those all of those things are just kind of people are too opinionated myself included oh absolutely yeah not you i'm just saying people in general now again the book is out life will be the death of me but the podcast is also out now. By the way, are you proud of the title? I love it. I think it's fantastic. Life will be life. the death of me. Yeah. I feel like if I ever wrote a book, which I probably won't, I would. Oh, I would. Well, I, I, I kind of want it. Maybe to, we maybe. will one day. Um, I would harp so much on like every like this looks great. You look beautiful in the picture. Thank the you. dogs look great. The font, the title, like Thank did you? you did it is you, a good. It is a good looking book. And I feel a great like, picture. I feel He's like right. I'm, I feel like I'm a maniac, and I would way overanalyze this stuff. Are you happy with the way it looks? Yes, I have good. I have a good track record with books and the covers, and I'm always really happy with the cover for the first couple of years until it's like too late, and then you look back. You know, five years later, you're like, oh my god. I love your hair, but you look like Marie Kondo. All right, you guys. Seriously. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Is there, sim- is there symbolism here, too? Because there's like orange peels. Does that mean anything? Yes. Or no? Yes. That was really? Wait, hold on. Wait, wait. Let him try to figure it no, out. No, I really, I, I don't know. No, I, but let's, let's talk. Real talk. There's an orange theme to the book. Fucking oranges. Citrus peeling oranges. Oranges. Trees. You're getting to the 
You're getting Ins- closer. You're getting to the orange. Inside. You scared that no, no, you no, might no, die. There's, there's the orange, orange pun. Orange, you glad I went to therapy? Orange, orange, you orange. glad? I you're, don't you're know. You're peeling really... the layers oh. back of, of what really. No, no not that, would really. that would be an onion. Well, okay. that, but you're on the right track, I would say. He handed me an orange one morning, and that was the morning that I finally stopped bitching about Donald Trump and got real. Oh, Donald Trump is orange, so you're ripping his face off. Well, I uh. was repulsed by the orange because Donald oh. Trump has ruined that color for me and the fruit for several years now which it's only been three or two but it feels like ten and so I wanted to take the orange back because I love oranges I don't want to get political but have you met have you met Donald Trump yes he came up to me at a restaurant in Los Angeles Um, what's it called that place ever no not Everly I don't know anyway and what was the encounter hello Chelsea Handler I this is I'm Donald Trump (laughs) I was like great nice to meet you this was years ago yeah And then he walked back over to the bar, and I said to my friend, wow, he's so much less disgusting in person. (laughs) This was before he got really disgusting. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much But do you think he would just be, I I think this a lot. I think if he were not the president, he would just be your, oh, that's my abrasive friend. Like, the way, I I know you go on Howard a lot, the way Howard viewed him, which is like, he was a great guest, funny guy, abrasive, abrasive, uh, uh, blowhard, but- Perhaps because he's the president, I mean, we should have a, high, a standard for the president. So perhaps your opinion of Donald Trump as president versus if he never became president is probably way different. Uh, no, I thought he was a douchebag before he became president. <laughs> okay. okay. But in a way, you sort of owe him a little bit because I feel like you're more enlightened as a result of him. Yeah, I don't think I owe him anything. Well, no, no. All right, maybe not, all right, maybe not I, owe I, him. I'm grateful. It's a nice silver right. lining for me. Yeah, that's this, what I'm trying to but say. I, and, and I hope it is for so many other people, too, because I think a lot of people woke up after he was elected and said, wait a second, what's going on here? Now, here's the question, though, because I would have bet – This is I'm a, I'm a, I love gambling. I'm not a generic gambler, but I love gambling. And I remember before that election, I would have taken every penny I've ever earned and said – I put this on Hillary Clinton. There's no way on fucking earth she will lose this right. election. I've never been more sure of something that ended up being the opposite in my <laughs> life. I, I, I really, Me I really, too. I, I was but, right there with you. But like everyone was, but I was so certain. I remember people on the show. You know, we have a big audience that support all different people. I remember laughing at people like, <laughs> "You think there's a chance? I can't believe this happened." And I'm like, "Well, he won't be reelected." But now you see polls, even in Vegas, has odds that he is still the favorite to win in 2020. Will that happen? I don't know. I'm not making any more predictions. <laughs> I was convinced he, Hillary was going to win as well. So, yeah, there's a p- definite possibility he could get reelected. But if everybody shows up on the supermajority and actually votes like their lives depend on it, uh, then we'll have what we had in the midterms, which was, you know, a wash. What if, what if Donald Trump uh, reached out to you and he said, "I want you to come to the no, Donald but I want Trump you to come to the White House no, to talk no, things I out." I don't no. want to, talk, to talk things out. He makes up with me first <laughs> before Iran and yeah. North Korea. Yeah, Chelsea, yeah. Chelsea, I need I, to talk to I you. I need you. Yeah. Is that an interesting feeling though to be on that radar? No, like, no. I don't care about. You don't that. want to be. Yeah. No, I know what you're saying, but right. uh, to be on their radar for being outspoken, you know what I mean? In that yeah. way, or like, just... that shows the power that you have. That's kind of pretty cool. Like so this is a big this is a big fucking planet with a lot there's hundreds of millions and billions of people right. and the fact that you are like on the radar uh, Chelsea's like pissing in, me off <laughs> right like you you got the power to get like under his skin that's sort of an interesting power whether you want it or not it's kind no, of no yeah I don't need to get under his skin cuz I don't you know what I mean he's so empty but 
Uh, no. Yeah, I guess there's a power if you look at it that way. I mean, I think it's really important to stand up for everybody and really stick your neck out. I think it's important for everybody to do it, whether you have a platform or not. It's, you know, to, to protect the rights of other people and marginalized groups that can't defend themselves. It's like if you don't have that responsibility, then you what's your what's your game plan? Uh, I, I, I want to switch gears for a second and, and then find out more about the podcast. But I'm thinking about you. You're such an opinionated person, such a, a strong woman. I'm wondering what it's like to date you. Not great. Now, tell us, like, what are the catches of dating First of all, Chelsea I, I want to date somebody. They have to be an incredible skier. So that's the first prerequisite. Okay. Okay. Second, they cannot work at the ski resort. <laughs> that right. does not work that out. That doesn't work. That costs that, like, right. yeah, that, so that he, once so cost me a fortune. A, he's so, a great guy, but he's, he sucks at skiing. No, he's no, sort of no. automatically skiing done. Skiing is my real passion in that's life right now. That's your skiing skate, and writing. That's your awesome, right. Skiing and writing are the two most important things to me because I think I can become a really great writer. So... I want, and I'm becoming a really great skier. So the two things like go hand in hand. So the guy has to ski, he can't work there, and he has to have like a business. Like, like he has to be successful enough that he can also go and ski for two months of the year. Or so he has to have months. his own shit going on. Yes. yes. Right. Yes. And preferably, like, I'm into long distance and all that, too. Like, right. I'm just warming up to the idea that I can even, to even admit that I want to be in a relationship. You don't want to be smothered. No. And you want an ass kiss? You already said that's a big turn No, 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 no. no. I need somebody who's going to tell me to shut the fuck up. That's like a fucking, like the like a, a what spot? What would you call? I said she, what? What did oh, you like say? A- a winter what? Where she wants to winter in Aspen. Oh, you want oh, to winter yeah. in Aspen? No, no, that's the last place I want to winter. I don't want to. I don't like glitz and glamour. I like low key shit. Like, okay. Bam. Yeah, no, I like Whistler. I ski mostly Whistler. Okay, so you want to go? You don't want to be smothered. I don't think anyone likes to be smothered. There no. are some people. Why I, are people so I, annoying? I was, uh, I was Get your own life. I was you don't want to cuddle. I was away with cuddle. No, I can cuddle I was for a, a minute. I was away with some friends, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I had a friend. That, by the way, cuddle like anyone that really cuddles for a long time. They're real. I think they're lying. That's nonsense. It's like, it's like no. Do you want a guy a be- with a beard and is like he got? Like, I like beards. Yeah, he's, he's yeah, got like yeah. frozen beard. So, I'm been into skiing. facial hair. Yeah, I like a mountain man. I got a frosted beard. But a businessy mountain like this man. But, well, beard, I like mountain men. I fucking do love that. Like I, my ski guide was 70 years old this year at Park City. I went there twice this year, and I had this guy Carl. He was 70, and I was like definitely attracted to him. You would go with a 70 year old guy? No, I wouldn't. He was married, thankfully. But who knows what you might have? I don't know. How old will you go? No, I don't think so. But I definitely. Definitely loved him. All right, I have a question for <laughs> like you. Like I wanted to hang out with him. How young and how old would you go? Young. Yeah. Young boys are just like it's expensive. Because <laughs> you're you're taking them out. Is that the way no, you see it? No, it's just like it's just not. I'm at a place where I want to be in like a normal, healthy adult Balanced. relationship, right. not anyone you're taking care that. of anyone else. Done Two with independent that. people. So how old then? Twenty. No, no, not twenty. Thirty-five maybe would be young. And older that makes sense. Seventy five. Fifty five. No, because as I get older, I have to decrease that margin. Right. I can't just be dating fucking sixty four year olds now. Come on. Right. Hello. Uh, I, that's, think, that's I, think, it. I, I think about this. Like if I ever found myself single again, what what is the youngest or oldest? How old are you two? I'm gonna be forty this year. Okay. We're like the same age. I, well, I'll be forty three this summer. Okay, great. Yeah. Forty so, and forty three. Great. Yeah. This yeah. looks good. Forty's not so bad. Not right? at all. Think, well, we look good. The, fanta- three us, the three of us yeah, are fantastic. We should do a Ford commercial for being forty. Let's do it. Keeping it. Make it happen. You can make it happen. I'm in. 
for Provigil or some weird drug. I, I, I think about it, though. Like, you, like Kavino, your girl, uh, he's dating a 27-year-old. Right. And there's pros and cons of dating someone younger. More yeah. con, more pros, it seems. But by the way, I'm not the type of guy that like gets high fives for that. I always feel weird about that. I didn't know how old she was, okay? It just has sort of happened. I wasn't the guy like seeking out the younger right. chick. Skip this guys part are of the creepy. story. Just yeah. get, get, get yeah. Right, so go ahead. Get yeah, right. but I'm saying like there are times where like it's references sometimes. I feel like it's, uh, what would you say the biggest, the biggest differences are? Uh, yeah, not getting the same jokes and shit. It's not really that big of a deal, to be honest. It really isn't. Has like it? your girl, she would not have got the Sanford and Son reference. No. What, what are the pros? <laughs> uh, the pros are, well, I mean, there's there's a lot of a lot more pros. But actually. about being younger, like dating a younger girl versus dating like what a 37 year old girl. No, I would totally date a 37 year old. But girl. what are the pros to? Because you said there's a list of pros and cons. So what are the pros, the pros to dating a 20? Less, less sag. Less sag is a pro. No, but probably no, but, what, like but, more. Is that a real thing? No, <laughs> no, no, not at all. <laughs> no. God, I'm uh, sorry. Fuck what? No, it, it does. It that. makes you feel more excited about things a little bit in a, in a way because you're like, oh yeah, you know, makes you feel younger. It, mm-hmm. it keeps you on your toes a little bit. Oh, that's probably that's true. A little, yeah. There's a little ego involved, too, because you feel like you're probably introducing ego. them to things, right. and you feel there's like- things make... that you know that they don't. And, and I that's don't not... want to introduce anyone to but anything. But that's not the driving force. I think what, what works for me is th- there's a balance. I'm, a, I'm an immature older guy. She's a mature uh-huh. younger woman. Right. So I think that's where it sort of benefits a guy like me. And that's you've the also been pro. in therapy, so you and, have a good, yeah. you have a like a handle on yourself a little bit, right? Yes. Apparently exactly. I have no. So you're handle not being a total douchebag. Oh yeah, of course. Right. Yeah, yeah. You you learn a lot. You know, you 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 re- you're more respectful, I guess. Right. I am at this stage of my life, so I could appreciate more things about her where a younger version of me probably wouldn't have. You know, things like that. Yeah. Now, I have a question. We talked, we talked about this recently. When we were kids, I feel like my parents, all their friends were married. Like, just yeah. people just got married. Even if they were with the wrong person, I feel like everyone just got married. And everyone felt, also felt like everyone was with the wrong person yeah. growing yeah. up. Yeah, it felt right? like it. Like, like every marriage all, seems so fucked up. Like, mom's, and mom all and dad's our, friends are weird. All of our parents' friends, they're all in bowling leagues together. What happened to that? I don't know. Maybe that wasn't what in Livingston. To maybe, maybe in Livingston New, Jer- Livingston, New Jersey, maybe not. But I remember everyone's parents were in bowling oh, leagues. Yeah. Oh, um, my parents never went bowling. <laughs> No, they never went anywhere. That was the problem. That was the problem. <laughs> went to uh, Sesame Place in Dorney Park. Hey, uh, but we were saying our parents never had many single friends, and I feel like at forty, mo- most of my friends are single. Uh huh. Yeah. Are we, are we just, I have a just, lot of single friends. Are we just too. set up for a world that's like, hey, just get used to the idea that most people are are not living the template of our parents' generation. Yeah, I think I think that's the way forward. And you think like you'll do consider that maybe in the future you will get married because i know in the uh, 40 your book you were to my future husband do you do you want to get married or no no i don't know about marriage i just you know i i i can't see myself getting married but i i just find it all to be a bit archaic and i think we're like evolutionarily i think we're going to find out that people are going to be not having children as much and not getting married as much because we have too many people and people are starting to realize like, you know, independence and equality. Women don't need men the way they needed yeah. them. And I just think we're having like a shift. The blueprint is different. And I went with the theory when when you think of our parents generation, it was like one person that didn't have kids. You know, is that one person now we could name for every one person there is like 12 people in our lives. Yeah. They don't have kids. It's like the human race is waking up to the idea that we don't have to keep procreating. And so people yeah. are like, oh, wait, well, maybe I could do something more meaningful than fuck up a child. Right. Yeah. No, you it's know? a totally but, different But also world. just also connecting with people. Like even if you love your husband or wife, there's a, the ability to probably connect with a bunch of other people that you'll never connect with because you are in a monogamous marriage 
raising kids. It's yeah. a it's a template oh, that is interesting way to look at it. Like That's... think about it. If you really think like you know, it sounds like an asshole thing to say because I'm married, but. If you think my wife's the only person I have the ability to connect with on that level, that's not true at all. No, of course not. But once you get married, you're saying, I will not now connect with anyone else. Well, no, you're just making a commitment to not do that and not behave badly, but you can still connect with other people, just not in the same way that you have guarded for you and your wife. Like, you can't get married and then be like, why can't I keep connecting? You can. There are a million different... Like, everybody could marry a bunch of different people. Mm -hmm. There's no soulmate bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, we could all... Timing, life, these are all factors. Or if you believe in that, then then there are millions of soulmates out there. Like, you can connect with different people throughout your life. It's not always sexual. It's not, you know... I agree that 100 you know my sister and i have like total like this total mm-hmm. understanding maybe because we're sisters but mm-hmm. we just have a strong strong connection way stronger than i have with some of my girlfriends speaking of connections is is that why you do what you do you ever think about that yeah i think i got confused for attention versus connection oh. i wanted attention and really what i wanted was connection and so i figured out a way to just like to get that through my career <sighs> But, I, I'm writing this down for my when I go to therapy. No, do, am I, do I, I think I just like attention. Think about it. We're, we're speaking again, to hundreds of thousands of people right now. You you got your podcast. You got your book. You had your late my show. My podcast is called Life Will Be the Death of Me. Just, right. I'm supposed to plug that. So you're connecting with a lot of people. There must be something that you get out of that. Yeah, that, that I get. Yeah. That, a connection is great because you should have one with every single person you talk to each day. I mean, we're all mindlessly going through the fucking motions of shit. You know, if you're on your phone and you're walking down the street, then you're doing two things half-assed. So, like, there is pleasure to be had in walking down the street and the mundaneness in life. There is pleasure in taking the time to not fill your brain up with, you know, TV or Instagram or whatever you do when you sit down at bed at night instead of just sitting there and Mm -hmm. actually uh, like, oh, okay, let me think about my day. It's calm and be normal and not be like rushing to get to bed and then sitting up like, you know, fighting to get to sleep for two hours. So fame was never the the motive, was was it? Yeah, of course. I wanted to be famous. Yes, all of it. I wanted all all of of the action. It was like hedonism. Yeah, I wanted the exact opposite experience of my childhood. I wanted to rely on no other adults because they were unreliable. Yeah, fuck Sanford and Son. Yeah, and I wanted to get the fuck out of my parents' house as quickly as possible. I wanted to get an apartment when I was like nine, and if I could have legally, I would have, but- But now the motivation is connection because you have all that shit. Yeah. So for you to be putting out more books and more specials and more shows and producing this and that and to have this podcast, it just has to be- Next level for you because yeah, you've done all the other all, stuff. Well, now it's all about this: the book, "Life Will Be the Death of Me," the podcast, the specials, and the stand-up tour, and all of the tours. I'm doing dates. By the way, you can get tickets for dates, and I'm adding cities domestically uh, at LiveNation.com uh, uh, or ChelseaHandler.com. I'm sure everything's there. ChelseaHandler.com. Yeah, we're going to Phoenix next weekend, LA, a lot, a lot of places. Anyway. All of it is about that because that's the connection for me is people telling me their stories and like, oh, my God, thank goodness. I didn't. I mean, some of the notes I've gotten have been so unbelievable. You don't realize how common it is for people to lose a sibling and everyone's lost someone. Right. Of course. I mean, the most relatable stuff for sure. Is that what the podcast is about? Because I'm really interested in the podcast, too. And I want to subscribe. I want to check this out, guys. Again, it's called uh, Life Will Be the Death of Me, the podcast. Tell us about that. Uh, it launches today, and it was it's uh, it's about basically it's a limited podcast series that I did with iHeart because um, Sirius can't be trusted, <laughs> and I uh, just about it's twenty episodes of me on this kind of you know I don't want to use the word journey because it sounds too vagina y but <laughs> you know what I'm saying on yeah. this kind of tour this is the first you know this is the book tour and I have different celebrities or news people interviewing me in each city so like Jake Tapper interviews me. Um, 
Uh, Natasha Leone did New York, so so on and so forth. So it's kind of me, and then my psychiatrist is on it too with me to ca- talk through all the stuff I talk about in the book. And like you know, did me. you love doing this? Do you uh, love- yeah, yeah. Anything where you don't have to do hair and makeup, I'm all for. Oh, okay. But I can't commit to anything. Still, I have commitment issues, which is why it's only 20 episodes. <laughs> hey, 20 episodes. I'm, I'm looking at the uh, the back of your book and the people that comment on it. How does that go about? Do you, do you re- do, do they your friends reach out to you? I have to text like- Ellen DeGeneres and say, "Hey, I need a c- quote for my book," and then I have to text Amy Schumer and say, "Hey, can I have a quote for my book?" That's how it works. I, I always wonder that. I'm like, yeah. I wonder how do they get to hey say something <laughs> nice about me. Say yeah. something nice about me. Yeah. You got something. Ni- you like it? All right. She's got contacts. Well, but anyway, you got to ask your friends for favors, and luckily in this town, you know, now with social media, everyone's got to do everybody a favor. So right. you just go for it, which is great. Play and the game. Why when not? You have to. Why not? It's like let's let everybody get everybody to win. All right, guys. Well, get the book. Okay, life will be the death of me, and subscribe to the podcast. Check it out. It's out now. It's also titled "Life Will Be the Death of Me." You can hit her up on social media. Everything at Chelsea Handler. Right, you see the comments. Yeah, you, you, you're yeah. on it. Well, we hope you follow us back and and come back and say hello. I and, will. I'm gonna yeah. follow you right now. I you hope so. Uh, I really enjoyed talking to you. Yeah, Thank it really you guys. It actually made me even more so realize I need a therapist. I know. <laughs> he's, he's been writing this whole time. Right. I love that because yeah. things you're saying are are oh fucking God. connecting to what I'm feeling. There it is. Hey, yeah, hey, yeah, maybe yeah. you just changed you changed the whole dynamic of a 15 year show right now. I mean, you I may know have, you might just oh. have had a breakthrough. Yeah, today. I think you did because you're saying these things. Just change Rich's life. Where am I following you on Instagram? Yeah, Twitter. yeah. Instagram. 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 Cavino and Rich. Cavino and Rich. And you're Here always we welcome. We hope you tune in Thanks, and uh, continued success. Very enjoyable. Cavino and Rich. Best of the week. Only on Faction Talk 103. We welcome back on Throwback Thursday. O'Shea Jackson Jr. Yeah. What's going on, y'all? What's, What's going man? on, man? How are you? Good to see I'm you. Chilling. Good to see you. Good to see you, man. Now, I'll refresh your memory. Last time we saw you, it was in the Doodoo Studio. The Doodoo <laughs> Studio. And the studio was super packed in a tiny little room. And we were talking about Straight Outta Compton. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah man. man. Oh. So it's a pleasure to have you in the new facility. How do you like the new digs? It's spacious. It yeah. is, right? <laughs> it's nice. It's no Doodoo Studio. Yeah. Yeah. This is doo-doo the new studio. studio. The new studio. O'Shea Jackson Jr. is here. And uh, we got lots to talk about, man. I'm, yeah. I'm just so impressed with your career and how it's going and just you as a person, man. I'll tell you right off the bat what comes to mind. I'm looking behind you and I see Stephen A. Smith looking all angry. <laughs> I saw you on, on first take a few weeks ago. Yeah. And, you know, Rich and I dabble in the sports world. We have a TV show on ESPN2 now, right? Every weeknight. Okay. And I know the pressure's involved in doing stuff like that. And I'm like, you don't seem phased at all. We were on first take. Mm. And I got to tell you, heart was pounding. <laughs> yeah. You know, I kind of think I know what I'm talking about a little bit. But, you, no, know, you know, amongst guys like Stephen A, I'm like, right. I don't know shit. And then I see you there. And you're cool, and you're kicking it, and you're just talking right <laughs> off the cuff. Like you, do, do nerves not get to you at all when it comes to stuff like that? Um, actually, during my straight out of Compton little promo tour, if you watch on like a couple of those shows, I can't stop drinking the cup that they give you. Oh, okay, and I'm like, <laughs> I, get, I get nervous. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm just keep drinking. And uh, like, so that's a, that was a give tick. me something to do. Yeah, that was a tick that I saw that I had. And like, I'm the only one on set getting their cup refilled. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. So I just had to get off of that. And when it comes to like talking about you, what you nervous about? You know, that's hey, true. you guys got to like run a ship. Like, right, you guys right. got like things that you have to topics you got to get to and all that. But it's like, shit, come in and talk about yourself. Yeah, I can't be too nervous about no, that. No, but I, you were talking basketball. You were talking oh, your shit. Oh, that's my Lakers. Yeah, I, that's I, my Lakers. You knew it. I forget to attribute this to. What What? What guest on our show said, never be nervous about something you're good at? Oh, man, I forget. I'm never Sounds like me. I'll, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to say it was you. Sounds like me. But that, to me, always <laughs> sticks with me because I'm like, yo, you know how to talk about yourself. Yeah. You know music. You know sports. You know these things. Mm-hmm. So what are you going to be nervous for? Yeah, it's like uh, when 
my my dad when he performs is like you got to think all these people are coming here to see you. Yeah. Whatever you do yeah. is cool. Right. Like whatever you do. Yeah, you've already cool. won you already yeah. won them over. Yeah, you know what? Here. Maybe I mean we're giving you the credit. Maybe it was your dad that told us that. It, it might, might be years ago. Shit, told you it sounds like me. You, you know what happened? <laughs> uh we gotta tell you this story on a, on a throwback Thursday. We we came out with, with your dad's song. And uh the first time he was on the show, mm. Rich made a really crucial mistake. I'm not sure if we told Ooh. you this last time. Oh, this time. is a good one. This is a good one. Because we always talk about we've been doing the show fifteen years. People say, What are the moments where you're like, Oh, yeah, and I think the first time your dad was on our show back in the day, I was just recapping like, "All right, we're back with Camino Rich," and I said with Ice T. <laughs> He's like, oh. "You don't even know who the fuck you're talking to," oh. and he gave the snarl that you probably saw a million times oh. growing up. Yeah, you know that look? Probably not like how he got. Oh. No, and, and then I went, "Dang!" Yeah, it's like, <laughs> dude, oh. it was so funny, man, oh. and awkward. But yeah, of course, your dad was cool shout about out to it. Ice yeah, shout out to Ice T. And then we we did sort of make it worse too because we started playing a bunch of NWA songs in the background, but a lot of them were the ones he wasn't on. Like so, <laughs> you know, like because he wasn't on Automobile yeah, and some of the other oh, ones, yeah. right? Great, right? Yeah. And we're like, and then in, you know, afterward, we're like, oh fuck, I think we played some ones that he wasn't even on at that yeah. time. Yeah. Strong. How do you feel about those songs? Though, you know, speaking of, oh, they're. Uh, Do weak. St- They're weak as hell. They're oh, terrible. you don't like those. You really I'm don't biased. Like those. Really? You know, nobody else in that group gave me life. So, like, yeah. you know, it's, uh, <laughs> I really good, don't. Good point. I'm really not tripping off that. You know, right. MC Ren is like, you know, he's like one of my uncles. Right. You know, but like, yeah, man, I'm all Ice Cube all day. Even when we were filming, I let them know, like, you know, you. <laughs> You know I'm the best character in the movie. Uh, right. awesome. You're clearly the star. Now, your dad also said something to you I'm reading here that when you run movie roles by him, yeah. he said, never take a role of a movie you wouldn't want to see yourself. Yeah, that was something uh, you know, afterwards that he he made sure he expressed to me when I was choosing things on my own. And you know, there's been a couple of roles where he was unsure of and I had to prove him like no trust me this is gonna work so you know it's a give and take and as long as I stay true to that rule it got me things like Ingrid Goes West and then Den of Thieves and then Longshot and then you look up and you popular enough to be in Godzilla King of the Monsters yeah that's crazy you know it's pretty legit that's super legit (laughs) I I also heard that you were a fan of Godzilla movies growing up as was I I bet your dad was probably watching that shit growing up uh, my dad was always on me with like Giant robot, you know, right? Soko and and Sci-Fi Channel watching Godzilla bringing the the figures back from Japan, and so when I when I told him that, hey, uh, guess what I got? Godzilla, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah that's what I got. Super dope, good yeah. for you, man. But I was talking to Rich actually coincidentally yesterday. I think we saw a billboard. We saw the billboard, and Camino yeah. said, "I grew up loving Godzilla stuff." But it's been a minute since I've really been drawn into anything Godzilla. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, well, guess who's going to sell us on this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah so oh, tell yeah. us about it. Because I feel like some of the newer ones, yeah. not that I, not no, that no, I no, say they stink. No, I'm, no, no, no. You know what? I wasn't really interested enough. I didn't hear enough good things about it to want to tune in. I remember the one with Brian Cranston. I was like, that's good. But I don't remember. Like, I watched it once. Right. And but I, So tell us about so, this one. Well, so uh, let me break it down. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, uh, the U.S., when it came to us having the rights to these Godzilla films, we kind of dropped the ball with the Matthew Broderick one. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it was just about having a bounce back after that in 2014. 2014 was our own design of, of Godzilla and where we wanted to take it. And we brought him back to his roots as far as having a, a, a combat movie. Right. And, uh, yeah, the, the first one had the Mutos. And nobody that was a new creature. Nobody has any history on them. With this one, yeah. we crank it all the way back up. It's Mothra, it's Rodan, it's King Ghidorah, it's all it's the the classic big three. Bringing back the characters, and we got we got 
some of the original score in it. All the things that you know from a classic Godzilla film yeah. in an up-to-date CGI Is he still doing that? the roof. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, it's in there yeah. plenty of times. Yeah, and plenty it's got a of cool times. look. Like, did they yeah. change it a lot? Like, how, you know, describe that, too. Uh, the well, whole from, the 20, from the 2014 one, yeah. we've made him even bigger. Oh, awesome. Even bigger. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, you, you, see, uh, you see him in a different light than I think any other Godzilla film. Mike Doherty did a great job of adding to the lore, which is already legendary. It's already stood the time of over 60 years. Yeah. So, you know, to, to be able to take something like that, update it, and add to its lore, it's a it's a piece of art for a monster movie. I'll now. tell you what, this is uh, May 31st, Friday, May 31st, yeah. which is perfect timing, by the way, because people, all right, they're done with the Avengers. Not all heroes wear capes. Game, right. of, <laughs> Game of Thrones is in the rear view. Uh, yeah. So people are thirsty for, for something new, and, you know, yeah. in that genre of action, I think, yeah. you, I think you got good timing on this too. Oh yeah. And we got a we got an all-star uh, all-star game cast. We got Tywin Lannister in the movie. Charles oh, nice. Dance. Oh. So we we get, we're hitting you from all sides, you know. Millie Bobby Brown, you know, I, I really see her as lead in this this film. She's killing it. You know, she's such a great actress and when when she sharpens these tools, you know, she's going to be a, a problem for years to come. And what's it like for you, you know, dealing with the CGI stuff? Like what are you looking at when you when you're looking at Godzilla? What are you really looking at? Like a like a giant, like fifty foot or something, blue screen. Oh no and shit! And like, there's you know, there's little markers on it, or like a tennis ball or something like that. And then they got this giant speaker that Mike called the Behemoth, and he's just he has his finger on the button. He's hitting the roars of the creatures right in the ear, and they had lots <laughs> of practical effects for you to go off of. But when you're in Georgia. And you're supposed to be in Arctic gear in, the, <laughs> in Georgia in the summer. Damn. Yeah, so you, you, you're going through it a little bit. It's not all make-believe. Right, I'm, right. I'm thinking to myself, that's got to be tricky that not everyone can do good right away. Like, yeah. they're like, all right, you're going to react to Godzilla. Look at this screen. Yeah. That's got to yeah. take a few takes. I'm sure at the beginning yeah, you were like, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. you got to match that energy. You know, you have to have that. I'm going to die about you. You know. Yeah. <laughs> how do you how do you like doing that? By the way, because you seem like such a spontaneous, off the cuff guy. How yeah. do you like doing the take after take after take? You know, after a while, it gets to you. But you gotta you gotta remember. You know, you gotta know who you're working with. You gotta know what you're trying to get. Yeah. What goal you're trying to find? You have and to trust. It, you gotta them. keep that stamina up. Right. And you know, as far as like. I'm a kind of just throw me in coach type guy. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm a I'm a wrestling fan. You know, I'm I'm good off the cuff. You yeah. know, I'm good to just you know throw in and, and knock it out. Let me ask. You, sorry. Let me ask you. Uh, let me ask you this. I saw that you tweeted a lot about Game of Thrones. Was that your shit? <laughs> Look, I wasn't into it until like I had my sister. I had all my friends telling me, but when my sister was like, "Shay, you need to watch." April first, I started, binged all the way, made it. Are you put seventy two hours into that? How do you have time? I mean, you, you sacrifice sleep sometimes. <laughs> yeah. You know, them you days off. The days off, you got to start early in the morning. Right. You know, it's just how it is, and you know, I, I couldn't put it down. They push a kid out the window. Fucking <laughs> yeah. first episode. Like, yeah. You're like, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm in this. Yeah. This is a wrap. <laughs> How'd you like how it ended? Terribly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was just like, why did we have? Why did I wait a week and have to watch an hour and a half? Of talking, it was just all talking. If you would have took the highlights of the last episode yeah. and just added it to the end of the bells, that's a series finale. If you had the bells episode and then he kills Daenerys and then they find out all the political jargon and all that, yeah, that's a series finale. But it's an hour and a half of talking. Y'all not even gonna let Jon Snow and Grey Worm get down right now? Like y'all not even like nothing? The dragon flies away. How yeah. do the dragon know to destroy the throne? He's never seen it in his life. What's Good going point. on? Like. 
What's happening? Well, we're supposed to assume, I guess, that the dragon's, the dragon's very smart. smart. And the dragon <laughs> knows. The dragon knows that that's what I'm really killed. <laughs> yeah, but then, then we always say, like, Bran, like, he, so he's the You're guy? You're a snake. After all this? <laughs> You're a snake, After Bran. all, like, so... He gets pushed out a window. Yeah. Like you were saying, there were seasons where you're like, he was the boring part. He was like the part you like yeah. not pay. You'd be, checking, you'd be checking Instagram when his scene was on. Seasons yeah. he wasn't on. <laughs> he, first of all, when Tyrion asked you, how come you don't want to be on the throne? I don't want it. But then, but then when, when everybody around and I'm chained up, why do you think I came all this way? I know. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> Fuck you, I know. Man. I uh, felt the same way. But, you know, we were talking, getting a little philosophical. If the journey was good, but the ending sucked, yeah. is, you know, does it really take away? Kind of like a relationship. What do you think? If the yeah, journey if was you, good, if you, if you but it ends bad. If you, date, if you date someone for years and yeah. you have great sex, great memories, mm. great traveling together, you love this girl, but then it doesn't work out. Yeah. Do you look back on it poorly just because it ended bad? Oh, top two show of my life. Okay. Game, Game of Thrones. Of Thrones. Top two, well, top get, two. What, are the, what are the other ones? Breaking Bad. Yeah, of course. Oh, man. How about what you grow up with? Like, what were you influenced? Like, you got Dragon your dad influence. <laughs> Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. You, Dragon you got, Ball Z. what, three siblings? Uh, no, I got, uh, uh, yeah, three siblings. Four right. of us, three siblings. Uh, right, three siblings. So you're growing up watching stuff like that? Yeah, you know, I, my my soaps were uh, Dragon Ball Z, <laughs> uh, WWF, now WWE. And, yeah, that's what I was into. And the Lakers were winning championships, so, like, I was just focused. Who's and- your Who's your favorite wrestler? The Rock, the Rock, untouchable. Always. He's. We had Chris Jericho here yesterday. Chris Jericho's dope. He was super cool. Well, I great hated guest. him as a kid. No, but super cool <laughs> on and off the air. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So definitely a good guy. The Rock. You ever meet the Rock? Oh yeah, I've met the Rock twice, and uh, you know, by the grace of God, yeah. me and him have the same agent, and that's always great. Oh, that, that is awesome. <laughs> now, do, do you? Is he as charismatic? He's one of the few people that we've never met that we want to meet. Like the Rock is just seems like he is sharp as a like. Man, yeah. he, 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 he that's what I learned from him was, you know, growing up was to always have something in the chamber to say. If somebody tries to throw bullshit your way, you got to be able to, you know, bounce that right back off. Yeah. Them. Most of the time, they're not prepared for that counter. Yeah. So, like, The Rock, his father wrestled, his grandfather wrestled. So I know he had to hear some of the same things that I have to hear, you know, right. going in your father's footsteps. And he was able to push it to, you know, the next level. He's listed as one of my five heroes that's not named my dad. It was uh, Kobe Bryant because of the same reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Rock, Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, <laughs> Goku and Godzilla. What did you, you think of the, uh, the Sonic awesome. the Hedgehog trailer that came out? People gave that a lot of shit. Yeah, you know the internet got too much power. You know if it you, does. if if a if a kid is is crying and you give him an ice cream, what is the what is the lesson learned? You right, know if you're right. just whining, you know you're not hurt or anything yeah. by it. You're just so like when when we as artists put our art in the world we can't be punked into changing it after we've already put it out there right that being said he did look weird but yeah. <laughs> you can't be punked into changing well, what that. was it that looked weird the body shape the and eyes. the teeth or the, 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 the teeth eyes. Eyes. the, the eyes. eyes you why is if we can make pikachu look like this right why are we making Sonic look any different? Like, why are we trying to reinvent the wheel? We know what we like. Uh, I'm already cool with Jim Carrey not being shaped like an egg. Right. You know, I'm already down yeah. for that. That's fine. But like, we ain't gotta, you know, you ain't gotta reinvent something that we already know. And his his design hasn't changed in years. Let me ask you this: uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr. You're a big Lakers guy. Yeah. I, it's hard to find real ones nowadays. Yeah. What do you do? You think LeBron's getting any help in the offseason? Is a free agent gonna land in Los Angeles? For sure. Which one? Who do you think? Who do you want and who do you think? Uh, well, I think uh, anybody with a K in their name. You know, whether that's Kevin, Kawhi, Kyrie. <laughs> Kemba, uh, you'll Kyrie, you. Kemba. You'll you know, yeah, like, with a K in the name. You know, I love, I love the idea of Kyrie, you know, being a Laker. I've, I've always thought about that just because he's such a, uh, he's a believer in Mambaism. 
Mm-hmm. No, he is a he a Kobe fan, and he's not scared to let you know. Uh, but I love Lonzo. You know, if we could figure out a way to make that work, Lonzo is going to be such an. They're amazing saying point Jason guard. Kidd will teach him yeah, well as an assistant dude, coach. He's so young kid. He's yeah. a young kid. So Magic like, Johnson defended him recently, saying he's one of the best of all time. He said uh, Lonzo, yeah. like or he will be. His IQ and his his defensive IQ. Are you're not going to be able to find that? Like you, and once he gets, you know, the the body the way he wants it and the shot the way he wants it, he is going to be an issue. <laughs> like, what it, what if your dad managed you the way his dad manages him? Oh man, I'd be doing straight to DVDs. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, I, I, you know, to wrap up the basketball talk, I told you we do a show last night. We were talking about Drake and how he's on the court all the time. Yeah, how do you feel about that when you see that? <laughs> I love, I love fans with energy. I love fans that bring it. Don't touch the coach, bro. <laughs> he's giving he's giving nurse don't, back rubs. Don't, don't and you can see it. You can kind of see because he did it quick. Like maybe I shouldn't do. This. Yeah, I know. Like you know, it's just like a. But all that other stuff, I pay for this ticket, bro. Yep. I get yeah. to. And no, you, if no I'm one, not hurting nobody, and no one's telling him he can't. Right? Yeah. No one said he can't he's the, yet. He's so. Captain Canada. Right? He's getting, what, like, he's he, getting in Giannis's head. It's so yeah. funny. He's missing free throws. It's working. He's they spike. Hey man, we're really excited for you. Uh, any updates in the music world? Because I know you rap too. Uh, yeah, I, I stopped rapping because I, I, I'm gonna be straight up about this. This is my little soapbox. Yeah. Hollywood typecast rappers. They won't give them certain parts just because they see them as a rapper and okay. nothing else. So I, I wanted to avoid that, and I wanted to make sure that I could take my family's name to new heights in cinema. And uh, you know, to stay attached to music, my my brother Daryl is getting Lynch My Records back up and running, and uh, I'm a producer on Lynch My Records. Awesome, I'm making man. the beats, dude. Congrats on everything. <laughs> really happy for you, man. Thank you, man. Congrats, man. They're saying you got to go. So Friday, May 31st, everyone's got to check out Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Yes, got to go see it. Go Lakers. Go Lakers. You're listening to the Covino and Rich Best of the Week podcast. Want to hear more? Tune in to Covino and Rich live every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific, and catch them 24-7 on demand with the SiriusXM app. Not a SiriusXM subscriber? Sign up now at SiriusXM.com. Covino and Rich, only on SiriusXM's Faction Talk 103.